Hello and welcome to Straight From The Off, a podcast based around the amateur football scene of our fantastic city of Liverpool. I'm Michael Watson and each episode we'll bring to you a local footballer, past or present, who'll share their stories of glory and despair with us on Straight From The Off. So this episode's brought to you by Fun First Football in Walton. It's a boss little facility to get yourself down there and uh, hone your skills for the kids and the adults. Dead cheap, dead affordable and brilliant for all the things that you need to work on. Your touch, your speed, your control, your passion. So get down there, see Alex, he'll look after you. Uh, today's guest is a little bit of a hero of mine and it's a bit mad because I'm a Liverpoolian, but this lad lived in my street and he was the sort of shining example for the young lads that you can get off long lane and you can go and be a professional footballer if you've got the talent and if you're willing to put the work in. So a welcome to the show, Tony Grant. How are you? Good to be here. Boss, made up to have you. So um, as I always start at meet, straight from the off, how old were you when you first started playing football? Who did you play for and what team do you support? How old when I started playing football? Well, as, as soon as you can kick a ball, isn't it? Especially from the areas we're all from. So I started playing football from age three, but I didn't play for a, a proper team until it was the school team. It was actually the under-10s. So St. Philly's, St. Yeah. Philomena's had an under-10 team. They only played teams like Arnie. Um, I think it was Wellsbourne and Crocky. So they, they, they didn't have many games, but they, that was the first team. But then I actually remember signing for my first proper Sunday league team like it was yesterday. So years ago, Sparrow Hall used to have like a, a community club. So McGlory's had a, a shop down there and right behind McGlory's was this little centre. And I'm not sure if it was Gene Anna, but I think it was Gene Anna who was running it. And there was a few involved in it. But it was great for all, all, all our age group. So we used to go down there and play footy in the back. It used to take us for the days out. Yeah. Is but this we, just a play scheme on Lamford? Just a, no, no, this was in Sparrow Hall now. The one on Sparrow, yeah. In Sparrow. So behind all the behind where the shops used to be, there was a little um, centre there and it was brilliant. And then I remember one day, and I still remember like it was yesterday, it was roasting hot. And my mate Billy, who's still mates now, he still lives on Lamford now, he must have knocked for me to go walk down to the um, to Sparrow Hall. And on our way down, young Davy Hargreaves, I say young Davy. He's older than me, young Davy. Yeah, yeah. He's still always known as young Davy. He's still always known as young Davy. <laughs> so he approached both of us and said, "Listen, my dad's starting a team, Davy Hargreaves. Just want to join it." And I was made up, proper made up. Give us a form. I think I ran home straight away. Say to me, "Mum, we've got to fill this in." I think you might need a photograph or something. In them, I can't remember now. But I was made up to sign for this team, and it was Bulford. Yeah. So. That was our. That was my first team, and I stayed with Bulford up until I think it was under fourteens, fifteens. Yeah. Right, so from right under elevens, yeah, that was my team. So, so was that always in uh, Walton and Kirkdale on the LBA? Yeah, always Walton and Kirkdale. We we actually had maybe one season in the summer league. We went up to Kirby and we joined the Kirby League, which was tough. But I think we won the Kirby League as well. But we had a really good team. All local lads, all the lads from the area, um, make sure. Yeah, my strike partner, McShaw. brilliant player, loved them, brilliant player. Uh, scored loads of goals, Mick. But um, that was my first team, and obviously the team we were supported purely through your dad. Where did your dad take you to go and watch the game? His dad was an Evertonian. You know his favorite his favorite player was Ray Wilson, who was a left left half, left back yeah. for Everton. Um, so I didn't, I never seen him play, obviously, but he heard many stories of him, and he heard many stories of all the other old Everton players, the Golden Vision. Yeah. 
the Holy Trinity. So I grew up with all this, the School of Science. So it was a little bit of a um, mystique around it. So growing up, couldn't wait to play for Everton, purely because that's where my dad took me and because of all the stories he had. Just on your dad, mate, he was brilliant. He'd walk he'd walk up and down the streets when he'd go to shop or whatever. He'd walk past ours on the way to Lamford and we'd speak to him. We'd say, oh, was Tony getting yeah. on? And he'd, and he'd tell us all the, the stories yeah. and all that. He had loads of time for you. He was a real like, gentleman and yeah, the, yeah. pillar of the community, mate. Yeah, he was a good fella. Yeah, loved his footy, loved his footy. Was a good amateur player. Played for some like well-known teams, winning the National Cup a few times. So he was, he was a well-known player down... Uh, he's from he's from the Scotty Road area or the Voxy area of the world of of Liverpool. But he was a left footer defender. I couldn't kick with my left foot. wasn't <laughs> a great defender, but <laughs> but no, he, he he loved the kids. He loved he loved he loved everyone getting on really. Yeah, yeah, he was boss mate. So so going uh, in school then. So St. Philly's yeah primary. Who, who was in your year then? Who, who would who were the lads who were uh, known so, as the footy players? You know, it's we we had. We, we, obviously, you know where I come from. So, we, we were lucky in a way. There used to be on St. Philly's Field, there used to be old hangers called the Humps. Yeah, the Humps. Right. And that was run by uh, Billy Quinn and uh, Margaret, I think it was Margaret Quinn or Mary Quinn. And they looked after that. And we used to go and pay, I don't know, five pence. Yeah, and get your orange juice as well. Your orange think. juice, yeah. And uh, they had a boxing. There was boxing in one of the Humps and there was footy. And the first hump was a bit of everything. But there used to be 30 kids in there. And in that humps there, in that short period of time, there was myself who went on to play for Everton. And whoever, there was a lad called Matty Carragher, who played a lot of, he's, he's sadly passed away now, my my age. Um, he went and played um, lots of uh, league football yep. at a good level. And there was Franny Turney. You know, Franny could have been anything. But in the environment that, we, that was created... Just naturally, three players come out who played really good level football, which is, you know, it's sad that it, all that stuff's gone now. You know B- I mean? Billy was, you're saying about your dad then, Billy as well, in the true sense of the word, was a real pillar of the community, yeah. wasn't he, Bill? Yeah. He'd, even if you're on the field just kicking in with your mates, he'd be there encouraging yeah. you, telling you what yeah. to do. He'd, he'd cycle over on his bike. Yeah. He was just brilliant. Yeah, we had lots, there was lots of, you know, where we're from. It, and and you know other parts of Liverpool were like where we're from. It it was a community. Yeah. People really cared about each other. We had people a fellow called Wally Edwards, didn't we? Wally Edwards in our street. Yeah. Wally loved loved the football. He, he was an encourager for all the kids. Yeah. There was loads of loads of fellas who wanted you to do well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, that's what it was like. So what was your school team like? St. So, Philly's school. So St. Philly's. As I say, we had an under ten team. We only had about four games you could play against. I think. I think we were probably out of the, the teams we played. We were probably the best team, but you know, not special. But what I do remember is there was a seven aside tournament, and the winners got to play at Anfield. And I'm sure, and I, I tried to speak to a a lad got in touch with me who played in my school team, and I had something in the back of my head, and I tried to confirm it with this lad, and he confirmed it. And what I said to him is, when we had a seven-a-side team, was it on a full-size pitch? And he confirmed it and said, yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, the full-size pitch isn't like um, a man's pitch, but it was a full-size pitch. Yeah, yeah. And we played seven-a-side on a full-size pitch. It's mad, isn't it, the way so the game's changed? Yeah, you know, you get into open your legs and run. 
You've yeah. got to go and run and get fit. Yeah. No, you know. So there's different ways of looking at loads of things. But we got to the, we got to uh, we got to Anfield, our team, and in that team was Matty was in that team, Franny was in that team, myself and a couple of other lads who who never went on to play. But we got beaten the final two 0 and the goal scorer of the two goals, the opposition was um, Simon Kendall, Howard Kendall's lad. All right, was yeah, it? Yeah, so he yeah. scored two for the opposition. Yeah, we got beat 2 0. Did he carry on playing and did he come across I'm not some sure. later on? No, later I, don't, on. I don't really know, actually, no. So so that's with St. Philly's. That's and, under and 11s, and that. And then I, after that school, I obviously went to Archbishop Beck yeah. in Walton. How come Archie's and not to LSL? Just I know a few went to that. Yeah, from um, I think it was because my sisters went there, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. My sisters went there and I used to walk there. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, I used yeah. to just walk to, m- m- unless the bus come. I just walk because the first two years. Down Rice Lane. We were down Rice Lane, but you could cut through. Yes, cut through the, the, the wreck. The wreck, you yeah. could cut through. So, you know, there's a couple of us by ours who went to that school. And I think that's the reason I went, because my sisters went there. Um, Obviously, Dallas Cell, a lot of my mates went there, and they were the best of football team, always were. Yeah, yeah. But no, Archbishop Beck is where I went to. So, were you, and I'm skipping forward here a bit, but, but as you got a bit older then, so, it, say, early to, early to mid-teens and, and mm. you're on the track of trying to be a footballer, that, that's what your aim is. Have you got to stay away from the likes of the rascals on there, like Chris Hargreaves and all them loons, who, who are my mates now, by the way, but they're just... No, it's, prob- mean, it's probably not not the circles you want to be mixing in when you're out there. I don't think you think like that, to be honest with you. I think, you know, I, I've never... In all my years, I've always had mates from day one and people who I'm, who I'm happy to be in the company with. And I've never changed. It, you know, I've yeah. never changed. And I never really... I was always like, if if I'm going to be a footballer, they're not going to be a footballer, but they're still my mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to get off now. See you later. I need to go now. Yeah. But I'm not going to not see my mates. Yeah, I know. Do you know what, what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean... There's a few characters from by me Mars who used to say to me mum years ago, I'll look after your Tony. Yeah. And my mum was like, yeah. You can't even look after yourself, lad. Some crackers off that estate though, isn't it? Some absolute crackers. So you've you've gone to um you've gone to the Archbishop Beck, that's where our mates uh, Dixie you met yeah. uh, Dixie Elliott. He he, right. he was on a couple of weeks ago when he spoke about you, yeah. obviously. He was aspiring to get to the level that you you'd sort of set the example for the for the school team, and he he was he said although he was with Liverpool at the time, he couldn't quite get to to yeah. your le- your levels. And what what was it like, sort of going into senior school and 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 knowing that you were obviously yeah a good player? And I think I just lived football, so. But I was never. I was always a proper team. I was always a proper team player. I was yeah. always running back, helping people, tackling for people, running forward, trying to score. I was always a proper team player. You know, and I played with a lot of good lads like Dixie. Dixie's a really good player. Yeah. You know, and there's loads of good players in Liverpool, but it's very hard to like get the opportunity to say you play for Everton or you play for Liverpool. It's very hard to get that opportunity. Um, but loads of them are really good players. But Dixie was a was a technically very good player, but he he was tight. He was small. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's probably. He, he, Looking back now, he's there's a level you're going to get to unless you're small and you're extremely quick. Or suppose, but he was a good player. So when did you first go to the schoolboys? So did you go with the first age group and, and yeah. the second? Yeah. So St. Phillies didn't want to let me go on trial, so he had to go on trial, and that was under 11s. That, 
But same feeling. I think me, me dad had to go or my mum had to go in and like sort of please listen because not let them go. They went for some reason. I can't remember the reason, but anyway, I went and I got in to the under eleven team. Was that, then the next, was it Penny Lane? That was all the all the trials were at Penny Lane. Uh, Robbie Robbie got in. Um, who went on to play? Loads of lads like David Rogers, who's he's had a career. He played for the Tramway. He's played over in Ireland. He's become a coach. So there's quite there's a couple of lads who who went on and done something. Oh. Under elevens, uh, young little Flarty, Paul Flarty, yeah. was a unbelievable goal scorer yeah. back in under eleven days. Was David Obo in that team then for, from Vizach, or was he the old, the, the next no, one? No. Dave, Davey was in the under-11 team. Never got in the under-14 team. Yeah, yeah. Davey was a good player. Yeah, good player. Good Dave, player, yeah. Davey, yeah. yeah. So, when you've gone there and, and you first met your little mate, Rob, Robbie Ryder, yeah. stroke, stroke Fowler, what what was he like when you first uh, clapped eyes on him? Just brilliant player. Brilliant player, you know. I mean, at that age, all the way through, really, we were probably just me and him were probably just ahead of everyone else, really. You know, we get the ball, and if you want to beat someone, you can go. You can go past them. If you want to pass the ball properly, you pass the ball properly. If you want to score the goal, you could score the goal. So, you know, he was always destined. He was always the best player, really. Yeah, yeah. So back to your school team, then any uh, any of them echo cups or big big games against? No, I remember, Lexi? you know, I remember playing. We got to we got to a semi final, and we got to play Delacell. I didn't want. I wanted to play them in the final. Yeah, we got we got them a penny lane. Well, all my mates like uh, Kevin Fitz and Eddie Mach played for Dillacell, and yeah. they were brilliant. That was a really good. That was a really strong school team. Now, yeah, yeah. But all we took a coach load of kid um, pupils up from our school to come and cheer us on. So I had to like really turn it on today, and I, I actually did play really well and scored a great goal. Um, but we got before two. They had loads of good players. Neil Williams was a good player. They had loads of Carbos. Was that like Jamie Fay and that? Did they play for no, them? No, no. Was he younger? I think he was. I don't know if he was a year older or younger, Jamie. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. And then when you were saying before, Darren Connor, he played a year or so up. Didn't he, he was. A, he was. A, he was a year older at school. School age, yeah. But uh, they, they had. They had loads of players. Like I played with Diamonds FC and the Carbo lads. John's on that. All played for. Yeah. Diamonds. So was diamonds the thing above the crown for a bit? Is that where it sort of come from? Because I, I asked don't think this so. The no, week. it's diamonds come from Crocky. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think diamonds are from Crocky. Um, I think the diamonds above the crown was just. I don't think that's got nothing to do with the team. I don't think so. Anyway. Like the Rembrandts year later. Yeah. Or whatever right, that was yeah. Had nothing to do with the team. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, once you're in that schoolboy team and, and uh, any. Uh, do you play against like your Sheftons and, and obviously? Yeah, so when we so under 11s, you know, you're playing you your Whittle, your Sefton boys, and you know, we we I remember, funny enough, I remember my debut for it. Um, my dad who never missed a game, never had a car, but was always be everywhere. Doesn't matter where it was. Yeah, just he, got he, he got a train, he got a bus, he's there. Yeah. Um, and I never remember my dad being sick, to be honest with you, but anyway. The debut for um, the under 11s first game of the season. I think we played Bootle and um, I've, we've won 5 0. I've scored four yeah. from midfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my mum come, come the game. My mum come the game. So went to see my dad and said, Oh, yeah. How did he play? Played great. Go on, tell me about it. But he scored four goals. He was like, Oh, God. But I never missed a game again after that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely devil. Yeah. So when, when did. Uh, Everton started taking an interest in you know, and was there a chance of Liverpool taking you? Yeah, I mean, I could 
it's like I'm sure I'm sure lots of lads who you've spoke to would say the same. But obviously, over the years, you had the opportunity to go to Liverpool or I could go to a uh, Man U or whatever. But you know, my story would be I was an Evertonian, but I was playing great, playing for the under 11s. Never, I, I wasn't with Everton or Liverpool at under 11s, playing for the City team. So I don't know where the scouts were. Yeah. Scored four goals on my debut and I still, have, still wasn't with any of them. Yeah. So I don't know where they were. But I was playing. It was a Saturday. So I, I joined uh, Diamonds. I played for Bulford on a Sunday. But I joined Diamonds on a Saturday. Yeah. John Carter was the manager. So I joined them on a Saturday. And we played in, uh, I think it was the Springfield League up in West Derby. So it was a Saturday league. So we used to play Saturday morning for the school. So you had a quick shower or sometimes not even a shower. And I'd be getting straight up to go. I jumped the bus. I think it was a 61 would take me straight into the um, West Derby and they're going to play Saturday afternoon for them. Yeah. And um, an Everton scout was there one day, Sid Benson, sadly not here again. Um, he always pops up, doesn't he? Everyone who went yeah, to Everton went through. Everyone went through knows Sid, of course, yeah, because, you know, he put, he put the time and effort in, didn't he? He went everywhere, so now now I'm now I'm at Everton. So I think I must have been 12. Yeah. So were you going, was it Belfield going we up there? We were at Belfield time? once a week and then, when you're off school, we used to go in for a few, a couple of weeks for while you're off school. But in general, it was like a Tuesday night. Yeah, but there was no games. Yeah, that's what that's what Cara said the same. He he go there and train. They were on the van and Sangster or whatever, but he didn't really play any yeah, matches. No matches, no. So you didn't really know your teammates. Yeah. It was just yeah. lads, and every now and again, the group of yeah. lads would change. Yeah. And what had happened was, is when you got to like fourteen and fifteen, you know. You're going in for that thing, uh, that Tuesday day, that Tuesday after, that Tuesday night, and then that Tuesday night you would have games, and they'd have an idea who looks a good player. Yeah. And come Saturday when the A team and B, you used to have an A team and B team then, like the apprentices or the YTSs back in the day. So you'd be invited up to maybe go and join a B team, and you might go on the bench and you might get on or you might start a game because yeah. players have all jumped up to play for a different different age group. So your opportunity and them to get eyesight properly on you, the, the the coaches would be that way, and then they'd make a decision on who's getting stayed and who's not get not going. Yeah. So who was the who, who else was there? Did you did you know of any other lads that were there or any any mates go there as well? Yeah, I mean from Walton Kirtale, there's there's there was a number of lads who who went to the um, Evan at the time. Yeah. There's a number of lads, and there's always a couple of your mates who were there who you got pally with, lads who were from Liverpool boys. You sort of gravitate towards them. Yeah, yeah. All the best players being considered for both, More both or less, teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't did Fowler ever rock up at Everton? Did he have, did he well, have he, training or? well, he sort of did and sort of didn't in a way because when we played Liverpool in the FA Cup final, I think it was 89, was it? Was it 89 when um, yeah, yeah, Stuart yeah. McCall scored two goals? Yeah, yeah. He actually come with us on the coach to the final. Oh, right. Because he hadn't signed schoolboys, but Robbie had always been at Liverpool. Yeah. So he'd always been at Liverpool, and he was always going to sign for Liverpool. But he hadn't signed schoolboy forms. So he was he was there if someone wanted to get him, but they were never going to get him. But he'd come with us to watch the uh, cup final and the yeah. next day he signed for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Typical little shice today. <laughs> so it, when's it becoming apparent that it, you're not just with Everton to make the numbers up, you're sure to... You're forging yourself a little part in a career in, in footy there. Yeah, I, I think from early early on, I think even because you're in that environment, you know you know what players are about. So even when you're going in and you're twelve and you're thirteen, you you know you know you, you can see everyone who's there, so you're up against them to go to to try and get an apprenticeship. Yeah. So even when I was young, I always had 
I always thought I'd be getting an apprenticeship. That I thought that that would be it. That would that that would be sort of set up for me. And then once you're in there, then you're in sort of competition with your midfielders to see if you can get in the A team. Yeah. And there's a few lads older. And there's a there's a, a group who are older than you, so you've got to try and get in. And there was only really probably Billy Kenny who who was a year older than me who was the only one who I thought. <laughs> Gonna do work really hard to get past this lad. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or or work with him to get next to him. Yeah. And all the rest of them, I thought I'll go past them. So you sort of know how you can get there. The hard thing about football is staying there. That's 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 the tough part. Yeah. Getting there, I had almost thought I was getting there when I was thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Tough past. Who was who was your coaches then at the time? So when I when I joined Everton early on, I'd. Graeme Smith was the academy manager. Then, when I joined as a white, when I joined as a YTS full time, Ray Orr just being given the academy manager's role. Yeah, and he brought a coach in called Dave Fogg. He was a great coach, a great youth coach. He he come in, he was our under eighteen coach. But within space of being in there, really quick, I was training with the reserves really early. So I trained with Foggy and the under eighteens. But lots of time I'd be with Jimmy Gabriel. So Jimmy Gabriel was a coach who I was really close to. Yeah. Uh, did you did you feel like he sort of he rated you as well? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy had loads of time for me. You know, um, Jimmy actually got the caretaker's job. I think in '93, and I think I was only eighteen. But I mean, I was only nine stone, eighteen. Yeah. And Jimmy was desperate to put me in, but we played Chef you away in one of the games, and it was like a bog my And he actually pulled me and said, "I, I, I want to play you, but I think that pitch will kill you." So. Purely didn't. I mean, I went with the team in them days. I think there was only two subs. I went as the four. Used to call it the fourteenth man. So I went as the fourteenth man. But um, yeah, so I was really close to making debut really early. Yeah. But he and Jimmy was a big advocate for me. Yeah. So just just skipping back to yeah, obviously your uh, your Bulford team and all that. So were any of them on the cusp of? I know I know David Robbo played. Say well, we reserve team forty with Liverpool. But anyone else? From- well, when we started off, Steve Gerrard was the centre half. Very classy footballer, and he ends up getting an apprenticeship at Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it, he was a good footballer. I mean, he, he could play. He was like a, like your Alan Anson types, come out with the ball, the back, play football, and play through. David Robbo was a much taller player, quite elegant as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the player who the player who played with Bulford was, I mean, Mick Shaw at under eleven. You, you, you're watching him and you're thinking, bloody hell, he could he, he could do something. Was he a tank then as well? He was just he was just brilliant. You know, never seen anyone hit a ball. Yeah, so hard and it was in. I don't know how many goals he scored in the season, but it would have been a lot. Um, and then he was in our five-a-side team. Funny enough, so Bulford used to have it. We had a successful five-a-side team as well. Steve, Steve was in it. I was in it. Mick was in it. Um, Where was Dollar when that? Did Dollar play with you sometimes? Or sometimes, young? and then I'm not sure Dollar was. Um, Dollar not a year older than us. Yeah, no, was I played a year half, older. You see, so yeah. I played. Uh, they were a year yeah. older than me. All most of them. Like Steve, Steve's a year older than me. Yeah. Um, I think Jollo played one year, and then I don't know where he went then, John. So the likes uh, Pepsi a year older than you? Pepsi played for Bulford uh, when my dad, my dad managed the older team for yeah, a bit. Yeah, the old, And the Pepsi old played team. for that team. Pepsi, yeah. was, Pepsi was a good player. Yeah, yeah. So while this is sort of happening and and you're getting teenage years, you, your half fella might be running 
like Bulford or yeah. whatever. Are you watching anyone that are you going to watch Bulford or the Crown or St. Phillies? Yeah, growing growing up, I would, I'd always be over watching watching the Crown play or whoever whoever was playing on that on on the Phillies fields. The LBA was just for us really on a Sunday. I don't ever remember going to watch. I think I think that the Crown and that all played on Phillies. Yeah, yeah. There was always games on Phillies, so we'd always go over there and watch that. But football was seven days a week. As soon as you come home from school, you're playing footy. Yeah. We were lucky, weren't we, in the yeah. fact that we yeah. had, you come out your house, you'd have a pitch to yeah. the left, a pitch to your right, and yeah. you can just go and, go and play whenever yeah. you want. That's right. Now there's big barriers around that you can't get yeah, you on. You can't do nothing, no. Oh. No, but he was a good player for us at Bullford. Kev, Kev, I always thought Kev Cullum, to be honest with you, I thought Kev Cullum was one of the best players. Yeah, yeah. I thought he, he just had bad injuries in, but he, he was a superb midfielder, Kev, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, back to Everton, then you st- yeah. you've gone straight, more or less, with the Rezies. Who, who's, who were the, the pros on the brink of the first team then at the time. So, in the resis at that time, early, early doors, you had like, Billy was head and shoulders above everything. Billy was brilliant. Um, outstanding player. Athlete. Everything. Bottle. The, the lot. Um, after him, you had Uns, Uns, David Unsworth would be, was one of our, he was, he was Billy's age. He was a tank. So, he was always going to do something because he was, he was that big and yeah. fast. So he's always going to do something. On a good left peg as well, didn't he? Good left peg, could run. Yeah. yeah. And then you had like other players who had like Neil Moore. Big, Neil Moore's a few years older than me, but he was playing in the reserves at the time. You know, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. He went on and played uh, football. I think he played for Burnley for a bit, actually. Um, but, you know, there was, apart from apart from Billy, there probably wasn't, at that age, and, and then Unzi and myself, there probably wasn't any standout players. Yeah. So can you remember the first actual first team pro who you played with who dropped down and, and needed yeah, well, fitness or at the time I think he, Snow, Ian Snowden was, had a lot of in, injury problems so he, he played with us quite a little bit yeah um, Tony Cotty remember Tony Cotty playing with us what was that like just a bit bizarre for you you know what honestly God because I'd been because I was training with them from early early days from as soon as I went in there I was almost training with them and because when I trained with them I could hold my own at a young age, I was never really thinking oh, I'm playing with the only one who I really got a little bit of a, um, you know, where you're really happy that you know them in a way was was Peter Beardsley. Yeah. So I was injured one day, and Peter took a liking to how I play football. Yeah, yeah. And I remember he's, being, looking, he's looking at them through balls, and he yeah, and he, he used to come over and watch training and after training. He'd pull me and just talk for like five minutes about the game and then if I, if I was training with the first team he'd always be there showing up for the ball when he had it so he made the game easy for me but I do remember there being injured and sitting on the bench in Les Elms Les Elms room and um, if you were on the bench in Les Elms room you, you had a problem because you, you wouldn't sit in there with Les because you know <laughs> Les was like a major a great fella it was like a major yeah. you know what I mean you'd have to break your legs to sit there but anyway, a Beardsley, Peter, Peter's gone into him and asked him how long I'll be. And if it wasn't Peter, if it was another apprentice, would have said, how long will Tony be? He just said, he's here till I say he goes home, right? But because it was Peter, he said, I'll drop him off home, you see. He said, you can take him now. So Peter said, come on, get your stuff and I'll drop you off home. So I was made up. So I was only 17. Yeah, yeah. You know, Peter Beardsley's taking me to Sparrow Hall, to see my mars, so I'm trying to... You know, we have a no mobile phone. I'm trying to phone up my mum, see if she's in the house, but no one was in. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so but that was the only time, really. There was that time, and there was one more time I was ever being like happy that 
I mean, football was was, was that time, and there was one time years later when Dar- Kerry Dalglish done something, and that was it really. Yeah. But all the rest, all the rest, play, playing and play, training and playing with some of the great players didn't really have that effect. Where I'd go home, go and start speaking about it. Yeah, I, I, I thought it, I belong there anyway. Yeah, boss mate. So when did the first cut? get your opportunity to, to go with the, the first team? Was it like pre-season or was it in the middle of a season? Or Well, I'd, I'd played pre-season with them a few times, but I, I got 14th man. There was me, Unzi and Billy. None of us had played for the first team. And Howard Kendall was the manager and said, um, pick the squad and there's 14 of us travelling. So one of us three are missing out. I think I thought, I knew it would be me. But there's still that hope while he hasn't named the subs. And it was Tottenham away. Yeah. It was towards the end of the season. It was Tottenham away. Not sure if it was if that was ninety-three, can't remember. It might have been ninety-three. So we're not sure. So you go you go into bed thinking, well, I could be on the benches at uh, White Hart Lane here. I'm hoping so. Yeah. And Gascoigne had just signed for Lazio, but he hadn't gone to Lazio. He was still at Tottenham because he was recuperating from his knee injury. Yeah. So anyway. I missed out, so I was 14th man, and Billy got on the bench, and Unzi got on the bench, and Unzi actually come on and scored a scissor kick, top corner, Did he, like yeah? on an unbelievable goal. But I was watching Paul Gascoigne, funny enough, so in the warm-up before the game, bear in mind, he signed for Lazio now, but he's still, obviously it's Paul Gascoigne, he's a legend at Tottenham, but I'm watching him, so as the warm-up's going on, he's taking free kicks, so he's not on the bench, and not on. he's just out there yeah, doing, a just, of, yeah. doing a bit of, doing a bit of, so all this, all his team are warming up. He's taking free kicks against the goalkeeper, and I, I, honest to God, I think he took. Let's just say he took ten free kicks. I reckon eight went in the top corner. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he was me idol watching football. He was he was the best player. Yeah, what a player! Yeah. I, I remember watching a thing on a. It was like a program with Danny Baker, and, and he, he was Bollocko yeah. with no boots on. Yeah, and, he's and crackers, bent, he? bent free kick in the top bin. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a player, mud, wasn't he? Muddy, muddy. Yeah, what, what, a, what a player. Yeah, what a player. Where was, um, where was Barlow around about this time? Yeah, Shuey come through. Shuey come when he was a little bit older, wasn't he? Yeah, 20 so odd. He, he come through. I think he was playing, he was playing in Vazakli. Stu come in. He had loads of pace, didn't he? Yeah. Loads of play, yeah. pace. Lightning. Yeah, and Lightning. you can, you, you know, you get your head up, you can, you can, you can play him in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Leicester do that with Vardy, won the league with it, didn't he? Get your head up, you can play him in. Yeah, yeah. You know, not many teams have got a striker who can offer you that run and that pace and that time. And, but Stewie's Shui, done really well, considering he come in really late, yeah. Yeah, he, he always, because I'm, I'm made with Stewie, he told me that story where he was hitting, um, everyone was lining up and hitting shots at Southall and uh, he was saving them in the mud. And he said to come to his shot, and he hit it quite clean and thought he, he was like pressure was on him. I don't know whether it was the first time he did one at him or something. Pressure was on him, and he thought, "Of course, got it. Hit it nice. Hit it nice." Neville took a few steps across, dived, and just chested it out. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember taking doing shooting practice, and Nev's in goal, and I've seen him catch shots. And you're hitting him, you're hitting good shots, and he's catching them with one hand, and you know it, it's just devastating because yeah. he, he was that good. And because he was older, he was so experienced, he almost knew where you were going, and he could he could move his feet quick. You know, he, he was just. I mean, yeah. we all grew up watching Nev, and he was unbelievable, wasn't he? But he's one of the best goalies I've ever seen. Yeah, he but, was unbelievable. But training with them and trying to score past them, he could actually kill you. He could kill your confidence. Yeah. <laughs> he could kill you. you know? <laughs> I always laugh at that. Uh, I don't know if he gets shown very often, but 
in the 95 Cup final where the ball's coming out the sky and it's like I think it's the last couple of seconds and he just he doesn't jump but he just see his hand go up the ball stick and all the Everton fans are like yeah because he's held it I just remember thinking like well, we used to play in the in the indoor gym we used to play head tennis all the time and I I, I was I'm, I'm still as a coach I'm still an advocate now of head tennis yeah but we used to play it against walls so you could head it against the wall so you got, you got to react really quick otherwise the ball's going to hit you so Neville Southall used to play all the time and he was his touch was unbelievable yeah and his disguise on his touch was unbelievable so he'd look like he's going to edit and smash it next minute he'd chest it and, and he wins the points but we used to play that game all the time uh, Colin Harvey used to love the game Jimmy Gable used to love it Howard Kendall used to love the game yeah and, and, and you know it's a great game if you can get the right area, head tennis is a brilliant game. So what what was it like for you, sort of being in the company of Kendall and, and Harvey yeah. and that? Just Well, growing up, because I was lucky that the, the first team I really watched at Everton was the 80s. Yeah. You know, so I think I was, my dad was taking me to the home games from age, I don't know, 82, 83, maybe 84, whatever. So then I was going around that time. So our Kendall was a big, Big name in our house, yeah. And he's probably he's probably the only. It's probably nothing. He's probably the only. Come on, God! Don't be, <laughs> don't be cutting in on me podcast. He's uh, he's probably the only. Bear in mind, I was only young, but he had this air of presence. Where if you walk, bear in mind, Belfield was quite tight anyway. Yeah. So yeah. if you're walking down a corridor, I didn't want to walk down the corridor when Howard was walking there. You know, it's just like. Stand to attention. Yeah, yeah. And Colin was the same. Yeah. I think it's because he had so much respect for them. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, they, they could give it to you, but they taught you like like men. They, they would talk to you like a man, and they would explain things the way the real world is. Yeah. Bosh me. I mean, especially Kendall, but not, I haven't heard anyone say a, a bad word about Colin Harvey. He you want to see how good a footballer he was? So when I when, he, when, when I just, when I joined Everton at 16, I was, and I'd go and train with the first team, and they'd have a tight 7v7, say, with five-a-side goals. Yeah. So this is a tight pitch with all senior players, and you've got to move that ball quick. I, I don't know how old Colin was then, because I don't know how old he is now, but I'm only 17, but... Obviously, Collins. Collins obviously late forties of the thought. You want to see how good he was? He was better than all the players. Was he yeah. in that game? Because he didn't have to run in that game. It was yeah. all about your touch. Yeah. And have you got a pass on before it comes? You know your vision. Yeah. Little ones round the corner. He was the best. He always looked in good nick as well. He, though, always, he? he always ran. Yeah. He always ran, Col. Yeah. But he was the best. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. So it shows you how good he would have been back in the day when he was a player. Obviously, yeah. I never seen him, but he must have been some player. Unbelievable. That must have been there. Yeah. So so. I've haven't had your first taste of the uh, first team like travelling and action and thinking you might you might get in mm. when he when's the when's the first call and, and how does it how does it come about? Who tells you? Yeah, um the the first that my me, me debut was when I was nineteen, it was Newcastle away. I, I can't remember how I thought what was happening, but it was when Joe was in. And I knew I was I was much I was a little bit older then, so I wasn't seventeen, it was a couple of years later, so I knew I was close anyway. Yeah. It was gonna come. But it happened to be at Newcastle away. And the headache for me, really, the way I play footy, my, not so much my problem, but the circumstances I had at Everton was every team I played in, they were almost fighting relegation. Yeah. So it was a totally different game of football. It's it's a game of nerves. You know, you're showing up for the ball, they don't want to give you it. Let me, just, got, let me just stop uh, you there. Carragher's 
said the same thing. Did he, yeah. When yeah. we mentioned about um, where I lived, and I said, yeah, yeah. Grant, lived in our street, and, yeah. and he said, he, he said, great footballer. He said, maybe, it, maybe the issue for him was the Everton team that he was going into at the time, and he and he sort of said, the dogs of war. Yeah. Whereas, well, it was before dogs. Of, it was actually before dogs of war. Really. So when I when I first went into Everton, it was before dogs of war. And just before it, actually, because Joe, Joe created the Dogs of War, so it was just before it. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, the dynamics of the game is different, and it becomes apparent from training where, you know, everyone's playing football, everybody wants the ball. I'm going out Saturday thinking everyone's going to play, everyone wants the ball. You go out Saturday, no one wants to play, nobody wants the ball. So it's just changed. Yeah. And I'm going to get the ball sometimes, and there's no one there, which is probably one of the reasons why... People say I got on well with Andre, because when I did get on the ball, there was someone giving me an intelligent run, yeah. or I could find them, or I could see them, yeah. and you know, it, it took me all them years, and then obviously it wasn't long enough. But early on, I mean, I've watched some games back, and you get the ball, there's no one on, it's, and and that was, but that's football, you see. That's you, you've got to you've got to get on with that, which I did. You do get on with it, yeah, because that's just circumstances. Adapt to the scenario. You've got to adapt yeah. to it, and in the end, we are fighting relegation, and you've got to roll your sleeves up and have a fight. And even though I was skinny, I could have a fight on the pitch. I yeah. would never really not have a fight on the pitch. I could. It's just that, you know, I'm not the biggest lad, but I'd, I'd never shy away from anything. Um, so, I, you know, I always thought me debut was going to come, but it was away to Newcastle, and I come on sub with nine men. <laughs> You know what I mean? We had two players sent off. <laughs> and then uh, the week later, they got me full debut, which was QPR away, and which was a game we had to win. I, I mean, it was fu- Everton took, as Everton always do, they filled the away end, and we had to go and beat QPR, yeah. and we did. Um, we beat them 3 2. Um, but we had, so that's that's when, that's and I was 19, that was when um, I think I started up against QPR. I think I started up front, which is a mad one. I started, I played off Brett Angel. Yeah. And it's, so, like in the 10. Sort of, is that way? But I think the, it was almost the, uh, to make the midfield a three, yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Because yeah. we're you know we're away from home. Let's make the midfield a three, and then try and join in, try and play off Brett's flick-ons. Never had a clue where any of his flick-ons were going. To be honest with you, yeah, because yeah. um, the quality was never great going into him. Um, so after time, he was just helping things on. But then second half, I got moved to mid, the wider midfield, um, and we ends up winning three two. Obviously, we stayed up, didn't we, and, and whatever, but. Yeah, that was me. That was my full debut. Yeah. So, going back to your to when they first pulled you in for to say, right, you've done your YT. Yeah. It is your pro. Is it like it is the case with most young local lads? You just like show me where I'm shining. Thanks very much. Yeah. There was never, you know, there was there was no need for agents. There was no need for agents at that age. I'm not even sure there's need of an agent now at that age. To be honest with you. Um. You know, you've you've done your two years YT, you've you've, you've done well, and here's your, here's your deal. I was like, all right, I'll take that. Yeah, basically. You, you go in with you, you're half fella, or probably one of your coaches yeah. or something. Uh, what's it been, my dad? I've, I've got a feeling Jim Barron was there. I've got to remember. I signed a form with Jim Barron, who's used to be a goalie coach at Everton, but I've, I don't know if it was for the um, for the pro, but it would have just been my dad and and probably Ray Hall or Jimmy Gable or yeah. someone. Can you remember how long it was? Yeah. Uh, my first pro, I think, it was three years. Yeah. It was a three-year pro, yeah. So, and then that got ripped up. Once I got in the first team, that got ripped up and another one come. And that's what happens now anyway. Yeah, like improved terms. Just improved terms, yeah, all yeah. that. All so that when stuff. you get that pro, is it is it like, 
dreams realised? Is it was it one of them or no? Or it's just, it, that just honest, the start? Yeah, no, it, it was never. I, I never seen it as like uh, I, I'd reached a goal. It was just part and parcel of life. It was like I'm a footballer. I'm I'm 18 now. I'm, I'm a pro. I've got to get in that first team. That's all it was about. Yeah, yeah. I just can't wait for training to start and I can't wait for the next game. I've got to get in that team. That's all you ever thought about. I mean, a lot of kids now are talking about can't wait to get in the 23s or the reserves. Them days, because the squads weren't as big as well then, you know, you can't wait to get in the first team. Yeah. That's what it was all about. So when do you, when do you start feeling like you're, you're a, a regular then in, in that squad and, and you... Well, when I'm training with them all the time, so probably when I was about 18, 19, I'm, I'm almost a first team of training with them, but on the bench, yeah. coming on, doing all right, coming back on the bench. I'd probably say the communication wasn't like it is now, because I'm, obviously I'm a coach now, and how, how you talk to like youngsters who are in and out probably is different from back in them days. Yeah, You're almost left there just to sort of stop yourself. There's no, there's not even a conversation of leaving it out because of this reason, or there was never really a conversation, and that's just the way life was. That most of the coaching was like that, I suppose. Yeah, the way footy was. Yeah, was the sort of pointers on what you need to be doing to to get in there, or was it just working out yourself? <laughs> You'd almost have to work it out yourself, um, but but you, you would have a coach who goes, "Listen, you you you've got to work on tracking your runner. You got to get better tracking your runner." Yeah. But 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 they would never break it down because then sometimes you know you you might find yourself only tracking your running and you forget about the other part of the game then yeah yeah so they would never really break down elements of the game it was it was a little bit well it was old school so if you were in and out or on on the fringes mm. did you still play for the resies yeah so if if you if I played I wouldn't play for the resies um, but if you're on the bench most of the times you would play. Was that was that sort of? Did you just take it take it in your stride? No, I found no it hard. I fa- I found before I played for the first team, I found it easy. And then once you started playing for a few games, the first team, I found it, the pace of it totally different. Yeah, um, it wasn't to do it. It was never to do it. If you have a bad game, you see some senior, you class them as senior players because they're playing the first team. You might think they're not trying. But actually, the paces and the type, the type of game, is just totally different than a first team game. Yeah. So I found dropping back down to it tougher. Harder than the yeah, first time. Yeah. Harder than the first time. Yeah. So when when did you start getting the uh, the the recognition and and sort of getting noticed by the England setup and that? Well, I was always even even from you know. Well, from from youngster from under fifteens, I was always in and around it. I never enjoyed it to be honest with you. I never enjoyed going to Little Shawl. I never enjoyed the English setup. Um there was a couple of times I was supposed to go in it in the England setup and I didn't go. Um What was different about it that, that I just didn't know? like the whole going to Little Shaw for it. I just didn't like it. Um I'd, and I, it's probably not against them, it's probably just my mentality at the time. I just wanted to be at Everton and I wasn't interested in playing for England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I missed the I missed the two long tournaments through 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 having a little niggle. Really I should have went. Looking back now obviously I should have went. But so and then when I played I played for Everton against Tottenham and I all, supposedly was, was getting called up for the B team when Glenn Hoddle was the manager, but then I got injured again. Yeah. So 
and then, then obviously you're not going to get in unless you're a regular anyway, your first team. So I was always talked about uh, from from a young age of being playing around the England setup. Well, I must admit, I, I never really liked going to Little Show or playing for England. Well, what, what about the 21s and that then? Well, I did. I played I played a couple of games with the 21s. Who um, was the gaffer then? Ray Wilkins. Was it, yeah? Yeah. Was he Sam? And Sammy. Sammy as well. Everyone says he was boss, Wilkins. Yeah, and, Sa- right? and Sammy was great as well, both of them. Sammy Lee, was it? Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, yeah. Good coach. He was yeah. a good coach. But yeah, so, you know, there was lots of good players. So in my year of growing up from 15s, it was like your Scholesies, Nicky Butts, Gary Neville. Robbie, um, there was loads. Uh, ben Thornley, Chris Caspers. Yeah, man, you were brilliant. Yeah. Man, you growing up that that era, man, you were unbelievable. Back to Everton, and then you mm. you um, you starting to establish yourself. Now, what what where did you see your role? Was it always did you always want to just be centre mid, or were you, did you like going in behind the striker? Or I never really got the option to go as a behind the striker. I think I'd have quite liked that, but I never really got the option. But to be honest with you, I always enjoy being a centre mid because I like putting my foot in. I like winning a tackle or intercepting a pass. Yeah. And I've always done that. I'd always ran about the pitch and intercepted or um, timed the tackle and got us playing. I always got the team playing football. And when I was there with Joe, Joe used to always say to me, just make the team play. Just go and get them to play. Because back in those days, as I said to you before, lots of times they were scared to play football. But then the fans are starting to boo, aren't they? Because we're not passing the ball. So yeah, sometimes yeah. my orders was, just go and make us pass the ball. But I just wish them orders were from the start of the game, not when the fans are booing. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's that, you know, have a little bit of a little bit of vision on that one. Who, who was the uh, the partners in there? It was like Joe Parkinson and that when, one? Yeah, well, when we, well, I thought when the year, we, just before I got my ankle broke, I thought when we had Speedo playing, Joe, Graham Stewart, you know, you had Andre. Um, these are all lads who you could... Nick Barnby was there. You could, you could all play with these. You can you can yeah. knock the ball around. You can play football. This this is at the makings of a good team, and it it just it just never kicked on that way. Yeah. Uh, lots of us got injured. Joe 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 sadly, Joe was having a great season. Joe Joe was a really good player, and then he he had to retire, didn't he? Yeah. You know, I broke my ankle against just when we were starting to play well. I still think I was headhunted. After watching us, after watching the games, previous games, when I was probably making the team play, I do think knowing what I know now about football, yeah, give him a kick, and knowing who the staff were, the other team, I'm sure they would have said, "Don't give him." And in fact, one of the sentiments I played against that day, I ended up playing with him at Burnley, and I called Kevin Ball. Yeah, yeah, great fella, but wouldn't leave anything out on the pitch. Takes takes the lock, Kev. But I just know. I broke my ankle that game, and I'm sure they would have said, "Don't let him play." They wouldn't have said anything nasty. They would have just said, yeah, "Don't, just, him, just yeah. don't yeah. let him play." Yeah. And if you don't let him play, Everton's on pass the ball. Yeah. And that was that was really at that era at that time that would have been true. Um, but then obviously I broke my ankle that day, or whatever I done to it. How long were you out for then? So what they done? He snapped at the cartilage in my ankle, but we didn't know it was a cartilage, so my ankle blew up. But I was so okay to walk, so he didn't think it was that bad. And the next day I'd be on the floor because I couldn't walk. And what was happening was the cartilage was swimming around my ankle and it was getting stuck in the joint. Yeah. As soon as it got stuck, I just fall I I couldn't put no weight on it. And this went on for a while. And I remember Les saying to me, I don't know what's up with it. Because I'd leave training, walking, I'd train, I'd come back in and I'd be on the floor and say, you have to go get Les, go get me some crutches. So it was only when the 
on on the scans, not on showing up on the scans. It was only when they operated that they knew so obviously if something was up that they seen there was floating a floating body in there. Yeah. They had to get it out. Does it sort of frustrate you now when you see the care and like the the, the sports science in the game now compared to then? Yeah, it does it's out it wouldn't I wouldn't say it frustrates me because that that was that era. It's just that's what it was. You know, um we never had much education. There was there was zero education. I didn't even know about immobilising your ankle back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I've been coaching at clubs over here now, lads have got um, sp- swollen ankles or recovering from ankle injuries. They're in early and they're getting them immobilised, so you know they're ready to train. But I carried on playing, but to no level. But f- I couldn't walk for like three days. That's why. That's why I retired really early. I retired at thirty one. 31, 32 and went straight into coaching. Did it sort of, did it feel just never the same? It was never the same, no. Yeah. No, I mean, I couldn't walk. I, honest to God, I could play a game. It'd take me 20 minutes to warm my ankle up in a game. But at the end of a game, I reckon I couldn't walk for two days. You know, like, like really sore to well, walk. By the end of the week, you were possibly oh, ready to play again. And then yeah, the same, yeah and that's, what, and that's what happens, yeah. That, that, that's carried on until I just made the decision to stop. Right. Tell us about the... Uh, the build up and all that to the ninety five final then and, and what it what it was like in, well, in that the, season. The, the biggest run. the biggest game for me that's it that year was the semi final. Yeah. So me. I was on the bench in the semis, me and Amakachi were on the bench. And it was just surreal. So people say to me what was like your best game and they all they all think well not the all think, but you would think it would be your debut or a game you've scored in or you've played really well in. The one that I always remember, and I didn't even play, I was just on the bench, was was that game. Because for Evertonians, as I say, we've done nothing for years. Since the 80s, we haven't done anything. But this was a semi-final against Tottenham. And we actually had the whole stadium, really. They had one They had one side, but because they were getting beaten, you, you just didn't hear a peep out of them. It was hard for their fans. I'd have hated to have been a Tottenham fan going there, and Everton have got three sides of a stadium. Yeah. And obviously we went on and won four two, didn't we? And um, that was surreal. That was like unbelievable. You know what I mean? It was like that was that was the best the best feeling I've had at Everton at the, all that time. That was the best feeling. I think uh, I'm sure my mate was mascot in that Nicky Bailey yeah. from Vazakli. I'm sure was he it, was yeah. mascot in that yeah. on that day. Yeah, Mad that. brilliant. What what was he like, Amakachi? I'm always brilliant. I loved Amo. Well, Amo used to come out with me every Saturday. We used to go out nearly every Saturday. Amo used to always be out. He used to love the buzz, Amo. Used to be in like club called the buzz. Love the buzz. Amo loved the buzz. Yeah. He used to turn up on his uh, Porsche. Oh, yeah, right. Brilliant. Well, Lee, fella. Lee Butler on in the early days. Yeah. Uh, I was at Man City when I signed for Man City and um, we had pre season and one day Amo, Amo comes in and I'm like, bloody hell, I haven't seen him for years. So he's right over. So we're having a chat. And um, we've done a run at the end. Of pre-season, so I'm only coming on trial. Yeah, we've done a run, and everyone's finished. And we're but we're waiting, aren't we? We're just waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting for Amol to finish. <laughs> just, <we're still laughs> finished going. in his old time. Was but because he he lit up like what, what was it the uh, like the Olympic Games or something that with Argentina? Oh, a, yeah, they beat, they beat yeah. Argentina. Yeah, he's he? a powerhouse. Yeah, sh- that's what I'm saying. With better coaching and all that, and a better. A better time, and he'd be perfect for the game now. Ammo, yeah, yeah, because he's pure power. He, yeah. he can, he can 
he can go past you with the ball. He, he's not like he's not dissimilar to that. And Antonio, he's probably a better version of Antonio, and he's done great at, at West Ham. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Do you there, know yeah. what I mean? Because he was pure pace and power. And now, he just weren't used properly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because again, we were always fighting relegation, and it was it, there was there was no there wasn't much quality. He's been better with quality around them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the way the game is now, where it's sort of that one that one striker. Yeah, he was a good player, Ammo. He was. He had everything really, just probably era and time, and just against yeah. them. Yeah, that celebration where he ran off was great. Yeah, one, it was brilliant. Yeah. So, so in the build-up to the final, are you are you sort of are you thinking you you're going to be? There's a chance you might well, start. Or as I say, so out of the fourteen, but there was one player missing in the semis. You see, which was Duncan. Yeah, Duncan was missing in the semis. So he had to earn it up. Um, and it was like a race to be fit for the final. Yeah, so, so I was so I, I I knew Dunk once Dunk's back, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. once Dunk's back, I'm out. Um, and obviously Dunk can come back, didn't he? So only three subs as well, wasn't it then? But it was only two subs and one goalie. It was two subs and a goalie. Oh, it wasn't it wasn't three outfields. It was like it was just, nine now, weren't it? Yeah, it's nine now. But uh, <laughs> no, the the final was the final, and we were outstanding, weren't we? And you know we had a we had a great party in London after it. It was just. You know, it's sad that that's, that that's the last time we've had something to celebrate at the club. Yeah, yeah. it is. But anyway, I remember uh, Barlow Barlow brought the FA Cup into our school because we didn't visit. Oh yeah, and he brought it in. And do you remember um, remember little Jordan Metcalf off the lane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he fucking robbed it. Did he? <laughs> he robbed it off yeah, him. Yeah. Barlow put it down on one of the, yeah. one, of, one of our French teachers or something was it uh, Mad Evertonian, and Stu was talking to him and put it down. Little Jordan's walked past and just went, yoink, picked it up, he had the FA Cup, he had it in the yards, they all come out and say, Metcalf, bring that FA Cup back, and he's like, lifting it up, shouting, Zag Leash, (laughs) one of them, (laughs) (laughs) Belter, they took it off him, but, uh, yeah, Stu went to our school, that's uh, right, yeah, obviously a few years older than me, but, um, I just remember him bringing it in that day, in in, in his Everton gear and all that, and um, I remember the photos of, of the final and he missed out as well didn't he Barlow yeah, but he had, right. he had the tracky on and he, he made sure he got in yeah, at, yeah. at the the, uh, the photographs and all that but then not so not so long after that was the Charity Shield wasn't it and you started that didn't yeah. you remember yeah you? that was the, that was leading into the season after wasn't it Blackburn won it Blackburn they were champs yeah. yeah and I played right midfield um, as I say I, I always wanted to play centre mid always Yeah, and you know I didn't really Concentrating, there wasn't again. There wasn't there wasn't enough talk about that position, but you know I done all right. That that game is just a bit of a damn squib, really. It was wasn't a great game. Vinny scored. Vinny scored a goal. Vinny was a good player. Wins a win, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, and that was just going into the season after. Yeah. So was that the season before you signed Kachelskis, or did you sign him in that for that season? We did sign him, and he missed the first part of the season with injury. You see. He missed a lot of a lot of football with injury early on the season through injury and was it that season? It might have been that season. But when he did come into the team, I think he scored sixteen goals in so many games. And he he was just on a, yeah, he's on, he was on a different level, that man. He's probably different the best level. the best of my generation after Southall when when I was a kid, he's probably the best Everton player I've I've seen. I'd I think say. besides say. Mooney as well, but Kinchelskis when he, course, he was heavy when he came yeah. in. I mean, since since I've been what as you say, since I've been playing for them, so since I've I've left Everton, which is two thousand, what are we in twenty years later? There, there hasn't been a better player. Obviously, Wayne Wayne's the only one. Bar Wayne, he hasn't been a better player. 
Uh, are you thinking sort of the if you, you have been sort playing sort of like midfield, you're thinking, oh great, is Kinchelskis who's probably going to play like midfield, or are you thinking is right here's a player that I can yeah, actually hit? I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking someone I can play with. Yeah. You get half ten now, and I can play him in. Yeah. And it was it was funny because you know even in training you get half ten. He's already ran. You knew, you knew he was going. I knew I knew he was always going. Yeah. You know and he loved you as well. That's why. I think again because he's come from Man U. Don't forget, he come from playing with great players at Man U. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he has played with lesser players at Everton. That's fact. Yeah, they are, they are lesser Bob players. Bob again, you best answer the phone to Bob. He has a no. He's a he's playing with lesser players. So he, you know, there was he's made many a run and no one's seen him. So maybe when I get the ball, he knows for some reason I see him. Yeah. You know, and that that that's it. That's why Joe brought him to Man City. To be honest with you, when yeah. we were fighting relegation at Man City, but that's why he brought so him. There. Was it him who nicknamed you Grant Tanar then? No, it was um, it was actually Jimmy Gabriel. I think. Was it? Yeah, I think it was Gabby. Yeah, and it weren't uh, it weren't for kicking fans in the stands. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> or no. having the collar up. No, no. I think Jimmy just liked the way I played, like quite elegant with the ball and yeah. a footballer, yeah. a footballer. So. I'm sure it was Jimmy Gabriel, and then the players just took from it there. So when the likes of uh, Gary Speed and that come in, mm. it, it was it obvious how, how good he was. He was a footballer as well. He could yeah. do everything, couldn't he? Speed. Speed always a, was a, was just a great player, a great pro, um, real good fella. You know, training was good. He gave you everything he got in training. Yeah. He play, he, he trained as he played. Um, and a title winner, one he won the league at yeah, Leeds. Yeah, great in the air, one he. He was good size, he challenge. No, he's a good player. Yeah. Speed was a good player. So when it's the injuries have sort of done you a bit, when it's looking mm. like Everton, you might want to leave to play either regular footy or that Everton might want to move you on. What what sort of options did you have? And, and well, I had up, I had I had eighteen months left on my deal. To be honest with you, but I just ate and not being involved on a Saturday, and it was under Walter, and I wasn't playing. And at the time, I sort of not fell out with him, but I thought he was bringing players in who were nowhere near the level I was at and they were getting games even when they were playing poor and I was never getting a chance and in the end I thought oh do you know I just want to go now and play I just want to go and play footy yeah and I had a chance to sign for Man City who were playing at main road at the time big club Joe was the manager Um, they were in the championship and I probably never thought it through properly even though you know it, it was a good club to go to I never thought the whole thing through they were top of the league, you see. Yeah, yeah. And I never left till the end. I never left really till January. And they were already top of the league. So it was actually hard for me to get in the team because Ian Bishop was playing. And Bishop, Bishop's a brilliant player. Yeah. Uh, and he was he, there, like, so Jeff Whitley and yeah, all that. Jeff yeah, was, yeah, Jeff was playing. Jeff was the legs. Uh, Kevin Orlock was um, left-sided. Um, Mark Kennedy was on yeah, the wing. Mark Kennedy, yeah. And Bish was, Bish was like my position, really. We were similar types of players. Yeah. But Bishop playing brilliant, and he was, you know, it was hard to get in. So, in the end, it was sort of a wasted. It was a wasted of a, of a season. I probably played. I actually was involved more in the Premier League than did in the Championship, right? Because we got promoted. Um, but you know, I should. I probably, in hindsight, should have waited because if I'd have waited a bit longer at Everton, Moyes would have come in, and Moyes come in not long after I left Everton. Yeah. And it might it might have been different. I might I might have ended up staying. Who knows? Yeah. So, so once you've got back into back into the prem, did he stay in charge, Joe? Didn't he? Yeah, he stayed in charge. We got relegated, didn't we? 
and then Kevin Keegan coming. Yeah. And then I left after about December again, the next year in the championship and went to Burnley. Yeah. So when was it when the likes of uh, George Weir and that come in? Yeah, George coming. Was that under Keegan that? No, Joe. Was it, yeah? Yeah, in the champ- in the premiership. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you come back up, and then obviously like Wright Phillips was a kid, wasn't he? Cup just having... yeah, he gave him his debut. He was give him his debut in it. Um, we give him his debut. I'm sure it was in Dennis Irwin's testimonial at Manu, and he gets the ball and he took the whole team on. He's like, wow, yeah, wow, yeah, beats beats everyone. So we he started getting involved from then. Yeah, well, what was it like for? for you know, seeing a, a a youngster like you once was coming sort of coming through. He's a crack, the thing with little Ricey, he was he's a cracking kid, big smile on him. So, you know, you can't help but like the kid. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, so the same with Joey when jo- Joey come in when Joey Joey started training with us for a little bit. And Joey trained how he played, even when he was like eighteen. And I mean he he he'd lay he'd lay a few out at yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he just wanted to get to the next level. But you you couldn't help but like these lads. Yeah. Boss. Boss. He was like a half fella Barton one he'd yeah. rattle anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when you when you're back in the Prem with City, are you where are you finding yourself playing well, there? Well I went on loan. So I was in and out, then I wasn't in. So I went on loan to West Brom. And I had a great I had a great month at West Brom and West Brom wanted to buy me. And uh, Gary Megson was the manager and I wanted to go. But then Joe brought hands right into Man City. <laughs> And said no, I want basically I want Tony back to play with Andre. Yeah. So that deal fell through. And I went back to Man City and I played, started playing. And I was playing really well. But the results weren't picking up. Um well they did they did originally. They did at the start and then they didn't. And then I lost out on the move to West Brom. Yeah. Which right. would have been a good move because West Brom's a great club. What was you like, Megson? <sighs> Old school, but I liked him. I, I like I like them fellas, you see. Another fellas who I don't mind them having a go at you or getting rad into you if it, if they're really honest with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they're if they're good fellas, you know. Mego um absolutely could nail you where you think you personally can't stand me, but it was never that. He just wanted to get into you. And yeah, wanted the reaction out. Some you? sort of reaction, yeah. And he, it wasn't just me; it was to all the players. But I liked—I actually liked—I liked that. Like Stan, Stan, Stan would be the same. Yeah. Stan could do that. You know, I've played for some managers who, when they get into you, it, they actually make it personal, and it's not the same. It's not the same way. Yeah. No way you think that's very disrespectful. How you, how how you've come across there. Yeah. Whereas when them fellows do it, it's nothing to do with respect. It is pure. It's just how you do things. You know, you can say a, you can, we, we can both say the same word. But mean totally different things in your expression or how you say it. Yeah, mannerisms. Your mannerisms and all that. Yeah. So was he the gaffer at Burnley, Stan Turner? Stan Stan was the gaffer at Burnley. Yeah. yeah. So did they come in for you? Yeah. So uh, Kevin pulled me up, and to be honest with you, Kevin Kevin liked me as a player, but he was bringing in lots of players, and I just hadn't done it for him. And you know, he pulled me and said, "Tony, I think you're the best player we've got, but but, you know, you haven't done it in the last couple of games or since." start of the season or whatever and this this was round about the October I think and I said I agree with you to be honest with you I did, and I did agree with him you prefer I, it straight don't you yeah I prefer and I did agree with him because he gave me enough opportunities because you know he could see he liked how I played he, but I just didn't deliver there'd be games I just didn't deliver and that was some of it was through fitness pure fitness a lot of it was through fitness 
But then the Burnley thing come up, and I when I met Stan, and I just took an instant liking to him. Yeah, I did, and I thought, you know what? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take this. Yeah. So what? Who else was there at the time? <sighs> Burnley at the time. You probably wouldn't remember. Well, Kevin Ball, who played for, for Sunderland, was yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, Paul Cook. Remember Paul Cook? Yeah, well, yeah. Paul Cook, you know Paul Cook. Uh, Paul Cook was playing for them. And they had this big winger called Glenn Little, who I'd never heard of. Yeah, never heard of him. Glenn Little, yeah. But what a player. What a good player he was. Yeah. Um, and that was it, really. Ian Moore. Remember Ian Moore played yeah. the Tramia? Ian Moore was playing for them. And that was it, really. But, you know, we ended up building an half-decent team. Uh, and it was at the time when ITV TV digital digital was about. Yeah. And you know, um a year later that got scrapped and it, it the dynamics of football at that level sort of changed a little bit then. Yeah. So what, how were you finding it at that level? Was was he I was happy there because of Stan really. He made he made he made it um, very homely and I was actually looking forward to playing for him. It was a manager who you wanted to play for. Yeah. So, you know, I played I played really well for him for Three or four years under them. So, so the clubs you've sort of been at. So, you uh, have you? You haven't had to move that far. No, have you, or, no, or, no. I, know, I know you've moved far yeah, now, but you didn't. Yeah, no, you didn't have no, to no. Yeah, I've waited. I've waited till I've retired. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons why I left Everton, I always said I've got to get out of Liverpool and just stay away from Liverpool for a bit. Yeah. But I only went to Manchester. <laughs> so that didn't work. <laughs> so then I thought, scra- scrap that idea. So. I signed for Burnley, and you're right. I didn't. I didn't really have to move anywhere. No, were you just driving, driving to Burnley? Yeah, Burnley wasn't far. I moved up to the motorway. I, I moved up towards Rainhill, and that was only off the motorway. So it was only 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, no, it's not. A, it's not. A, it wasn't a far journey. City, City was bloody was fair because of the traffic. To be honest with you, but yeah. me, Ian Bishop, and Richard Dunn used to meet up every day and just say turns and peace, getting getting into work. That was how we done it there. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, little car yeah, school. Little car school, yeah. So, Burnley got down on the notes there, 141 appearances, yeah. so a few seasons with them. Yeah, yeah. And as I say, my ankle weren't great there either. It, well, it, it, it just got uh, worse just as I was getting a bit older. It just started getting worse. But Burnley was a great time. What we'd done at Burnley was small budget, small squad. We'd done well in cups. We had some good good yeah, scalps, yeah. Um, some good cup games. We had one season. We bought Gaza there, didn't we? Yeah, so yeah. Gascoigne come, Paul come and played with us. We finished. We missed out in the playoffs by a goal, I think, and that was the highest we got. I think we got seventh. We were always threatening to be a decent team, but we just never had the squad for it. Yeah. Was that a Richard Chaplow there when you were there? Chappie come through, yeah. yeah, he come through. I always wondered what happened to him. Well, he went. He left us and went to Southampton. Had a yeah. couple of seasons at Southampton, uh, and again. He was just an all right. He wasn't. He wasn't ever going to go and a player yeah. you ever remember. He was just a good little player. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, are you starting to think to yourself, I could be near in the end here with these injuries? And um, I never thought that. I, I just never ever looked beyond the now. I never really looked to the future. It's just I was just getting on with playing. He'd be playing Saturday, you know, try and get through training. He'd be playing Saturday, looking forward to the Saturday's games, just looking forward to the games. Um, so I didn't really look at I'm coming to the end. It was only until I went to Crew really, which is almost Crew and Chester, that I started thinking about coaching. Yeah, uh, didn't didn't you ever think that possibly what you do afterwards? Yeah, always be yeah. Just... On the pitch, you ever see me play footy? Even when I was younger, I'd be I'd be pointing to people. I'd always point. I always say I was like a coach on the pitch. 
yeah. at a really young age because I could see a game of footy. I knew how, I knew how a footy was going to pan out. Yeah. I knew where we had to be. I knew what I wanted to do with the ball before the cub. But I was always a coach on the pitch and I was good with teammates. Yeah. I was always an encourager. That's the all uh, Tucker Hargreaves influence yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. The TV's Tuckers. That's right. Telling you what to do. That's right. So, crew. Yeah. Was that Daddy Owen Charles? Daddy was the manager, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, good coach. See things very simple. Simplify the game, but he's probably one of the first one who, who actually coached. Stan, Stan would coach. Stan could coach. Um, but Daddy O loved coaching. He really, really enjoyed technical coaching. Yeah. So that's probably where I started to get my first taste of, you know, I think this is what I want to do now. Yeah. Was it a, did you do your, like your badges there? While... I started doing my badges when I went to Chester. Uh, so I done, I, I actually done a bit of coaching a crew. And then I went to Chester and done more coaching. And then he had an opportunity to go to Spain. And I shadowed um, Valacano for about three or four months. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, so I was watching them, the whole thing. And it sort of whetted my appetite for doing things over here. And then I went into Blackburn, didn't I, yeah. as an under eighteen coach, and then just kicked on from there. Really. So, what are the main differences in in the in sort of being a young player then and coaching the young players now? Is it is it completely different yeah. to now? What you'd have to speak to people and I thought not so much. I think it's 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 you as an individual, isn't it? So, it's if you've got to think about how you're speaking to people, then I think you've got a bit of a an issue yourself. Yeah. You know if. If you're if you're honest and and you you're doing everything for the right reasons, you haven't got to overthink things, you know. So you know, um, saying certain words are just a no no. But some coaches do say them, and you think you, you wouldn't say stuff like that on the street, mate. So why are you saying it? Why are you saying it here? Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean. There's certain things you just don't say. So the difference now, I'd say, is there is more conversation of how we can improve an individual how we can get better. Whereas back and then, you actually almost done it yourself. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You never really had someone going, come, come, come and watch this. Come and watch this, these clips. You never really had that. Because probably technology wasn't really there or the time, people didn't really, because they never, never had the technology maybe, but there wasn't that care then days than what there is now. I'm yeah. sure there's lots of coaches now, or especially, definitely me anyway, is if I'm trying to, if I'm coaching, even if I'm coaching a team and you're one of my teammates, one of the players, I'm still going to find time to pull you to try and try and talk to you to make you understand of how you can get better and what we can do to as a as a as a group or as an individual to get better. Yeah. So once you buy into it, and you can see that what I'm saying makes sense to you, then you can put these actions into place in training. And all of a sudden, your confidence just starts going higher and higher and higher. And all of a sudden, these things that we're talking about actually happen. Yeah, bear fruit, and then you think, and you go, wow, yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it, that is almost a process of creating that learning environment that you can do live. So when you said there about going to Blackburn, started with the youth, do you think they listen to somebody like yourself who's played in the Premier League a bit more than? And say, I don't know, someone who hasn't had a as a hasn't had a as a successful career in football, or is he? I think what's yeah, I understand what you're saying. You got to remember when you're going with a gang of under 16, 17 and eighteen year old lads, 
you know, we've been 17 and 18 year old lads ourselves. If I had played in the Premier League or Championship, but I wasn't a good guy, these kids wouldn't have took to it at all. It yeah. doesn't matter where you I could, have, I could have had a World Cup winner's medal, but if I'm not a good guy, they smell it straight away. And, you know, all of a sudden your, your relationship's gone. They don't want to listen to you. They're not interested. They're not interested. What helps is if you're a good person, you're talking to the kids and they're learning and they're improving and you're helping them and you can see it and you take no favouritisms. Everyone's treated the same. And then you can stick one in the top corner and you go, oh, I like this coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shows if you can do yeah. something. Yeah. So how did it come about the Blackburn thing? Yeah, there was a guy, there's a guy who's a coach called Terry McPhillips. He was coaching under 16s at the time. And he was a, he was a friend of um, uh, my, my cousin Brendan's. And he just said, look, there's an opportunity. Do you want to go in with him? So I said, yeah, I'll go in with him. Yeah. So I didn't know him at the time, really. His name's popped up a few times. Terry's, this, yeah. has he? Yeah. Uh, Jed Nolan, he took Jed yeah, Nolan. he's a great fella. Was he a Halifax? He yeah, Halifax he was a, football, was a great fella. And I went in with him at under-16s. And years later, we took the under-18s. And we done it together. But he was good. Because I think it was a good time. Because he'd been doing a lot of coaching. And he, now I was, I was a younger coach. He was happy to sort of let me get on with it. And just help me if needed be. Yeah. He's on Blackpool. Did he go to Blackpool? He's Blackpool manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. That was it. I knew it. So that's why we started off there, and you know most of our under eighteen lads were all from Liverpool. Most of them have all been released by Everton, being released by Liverpool, and for two years under us, they were outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, they won everything. They won everything they went in for. They were outstanding. Did you did that sort of give you the bug when you could see the improvements and, and how good the team was? Not going? so much how good they done. What the bug was was how they come out to training every day. No one missed training. They all, they're all working hard. They're all enjoying it. You know, there's a few scraps along the way, but, you know, things that we all sorted out because everything was, everything on that training pitch was honest. Yeah. You know, the, no no one got favourites. No scousers got it. And the, and the Manchester lads never. They all got the same. They all got the same work and the same ethic on onto each of them. So there was a real honesty between that whole group. And they all exceeded. Some of them have never played better football since then. Other ones who got released, yeah. but they obviously never all got kept on. Not some of them have never got to that level again. Uh, they were they were outstanding. They, it was like a little family, and they all bought into it. Yeah, boss. It so, was brilliant to be fair. So then you done the first team. As so well, then, yeah. So then obviously the first team managed to get sacked, and we had to go up and take the team. Me, Terry, and Gary, um, who was the twenty three coach. So the three of us went up and took the team. We took the team for the first for six games, and we done really well. And then we had to go down because they brought a manager in. Yeah. So we went back to our jobs. Then that manager got sacked. So we all went back up to yeah. the end of the season. We were fighting relegation, so we went up and we stayed up. And then they give us the they give us the job the for the seasons after. Then yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that was at Blackburn then yeah. So how are you finding sort of full full time coaching then at at First team, I found it. You know, I've got some great stories of some players who sort of come under my umbrella and got coached very same way as they did with the kids. People like Josh King, who went on to play, playing for Everton this year. Yeah, yeah. So he was at he was at my at uh, Blackburn, not playing, but me and him become really close because there was a player in there. I knew there was a I knew there was a Premier League player in there, so we had to work with him. And he bought into everything that I've just been talking about. And 
when his opportunity come, his, his confidence, even though he weren't playing, was high enough that he took it. Yeah. And in the end, he only went one way. Obviously, then he went to Bournemouth and just just kicked right on. Yeah. But so the coaching was. He come from United. He come from United yeah, a couple yeah. of years before prior. But the coaching wasn't that much different. No, it wasn't that much different. I mean, you know, a lot of it is your mannerisms because you know if if you don't know what you're doing. The first team lads will let you know. So you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're trying to wing it, you've got no chance, with, especially with good players. you got no chance. And that's another one where you haven't had to move far as well. Another stay, one, yeah. Stay, stay I think all well. after that was Blackpool, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't far either. Yeah. So what, what was that like going to Blackpool? And, and so, was that under the Oysters at the time? Yeah, they were, they, were a, they were a shambles, to be fair. They, um, they weren't very good for the club, was they? And all the fans had to suffer. Yeah. Until they've got rid of them now, they've got a really good owner. Well, it's, he seems a really good owner anyway right now, and he's investing heavily into the club. And you know, it's a great club. Yeah. Blackpool's got lots of history. Yeah. You know, it is a great club, and it was sadly getting uh, run into the ground. So uh, after Blackpool, when's it you started sort of link back up with Robbie then? And well, that I went one? I went to Everton then. Went back to Everton and worked in a uh, recruitment, a European doing a bit of European recruitment for Everton for eighteen months, if that twelve months. So was that is that scouting basically or yeah, or, just going around looking for um, well, decent players really. Um, what's the? I've always wondered what like what's the the criteria of of a scout for like a, a big club? Is it would do you sort of get right? I want you to go and try and find me between seventeen and twenty year olds. Or you have a, you have lots of scouts, so you have you have someone heading it up, don't you? So every everything you do, there's bear in mind there's lots of scouts. So we're all looking for good players, and it might be we're all looking for an age group. Yeah, it might be you're looking for lads who are under twenty one. It might be that you're looking for just good players for that first team, right? But then all that information gets fed back into an analyst, say. An analyst logs it all. And generally what happens is, really, the boss man, most of the time, doesn't listen to half of it and just goes and picks who he wants anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And with, with, with no substance, with no substance behind it, there'll be players who have signed and you go, and lots of the scouts will go, never seen him play, never seen him play. Honest to God, it'll happen loads. It happens all the time. And they'll dress it up and say, no, we don't do that, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. And in the end, because I've come from football, you know, lots of it was like, doesn't make sense, this. I've just watched um, Harvey Barnes playing there. He's outstanding. We've got to go and get him. We can get him. He's playing in the championship. Let's go and get him. You know, it's, it is a great report on him. You know, nothing. Nothing gets done. Nothing, nothing gets done. There's loads of them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll sign some guy and no one's seen him play. It's like, where have they found him from? And it's just, it doesn't make sense. you got all these scouts, you might as well get rid of them all. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's mad. I so don't, I, I, I don't like, I don't like the the way they do it. And, and the, you know, they wouldn't tell you how they do it. They'll, they'll dress it all up so it looks, looks yeah. like all this and it doesn't. It's always intriguing me, the scouting thing. I listened to, um, Jonathan Mudgate and he was scouting for Liverpool at the time in mm. like Spain yeah, maybe because yeah. he played in Spain or whatever and it always intrigued me what sort of you know did they get given a profile and they have to go and look for that type of player or is it a case of just taking in games at youth level or you know like Toulon tournaments like what you're saying the under 18s 19s World Cups and saying you know yeah well you you, you have to you have to be proactive and 
go and find games. So, you know, we all these big clubs need to know where the next superstars are coming from. We need to find out. But the frightening th- the, th- the thing is, every club know every club's doing the same. I went to watch a game in uh, Belgium. It was an under fifteen game. I thought, well, I can t- at this time of period, this is a good game to take in. It was Belgium versus Portugal. It was an under sixteen game. The Portuguese, bearing in mind, I don't even know how I found the stadium. It was like in the back. It was like going to Goodison Park, but in Belgium, pitch black, yeah, raining. Yeah. I don't even know how I found it, right? But I found. I think I, I must have just jumped the taxi. Give them that. I found it, but I didn't realize I couldn't get home. <laughs> <laughs> Never got a taxi number to get home, right? So I'm stuck in this field it's like a it was a stadium but it was an old-fashioned stadium and it's basically in a field and i've picked this game to go and watch so i'm going to go and watch it i want to see i want to see what the belgium have got and i want to see what uh, portuguese have got and there was a kid and he was outstanding it was unbelievable this kid and i found out he was only 12 or 13 he's playing under 16 national and as i was coming out the top lads from chelsea were there yeah so I jumped in their taxi to get back to the train station. Yeah. So it's and funny because I was getting in the taxi. Because I, I know them. I was like, who have you come to watch? But they'd already been told to go and watch certain players. We'd just been told to go and watch the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd gone to watch the 12, 13-year-old. But he plays at Benfica now, the kid. But, um, all, all the clubs are aware of all the talent. It's yeah. whether you pick them and who picks the right one. Yeah, and if it and if when you do, if does it bear fruit? Well, of course. I mean, coming into the UK into the Premier League is it, it's it's a different animal, isn't it? Lots of good players have come, foreign players have come and have struggled. Yeah, and it's not that the bad players. It it's just the dynamics of this this league. It's so demanding. It takes so much out of them physically. They just can't do it. You know, we have. Um, the fans in our country are different than going. You go and watch a game in Spain. You know, most most of the time they're sitting there with a pint of lager. You know, they, they're just all chilled. It's yeah. it's not like that in our country. So, in them countries, when you can just relax, just relax. You can't do it here. Yeah, the kids got an impression his first fifteen minutes. It's tough for them. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, it? it's it's tough for loads of them. And every every club's had them. Every club spent lots of money. On foreign players, and they've all been slagged off by, by fans. But it's not that they're bad players; it's just that they can't do it in this league yeah, or adapt. Yeah, you put them in, you put them in another league, and they're very good. So, what happens after the the uh, that job with Everton? And is that not really what you want to do anyway? Not you, really. No, I mean, I wanted to see it, it come available, and I thought, you know, it's a different. Yeah, insight into football yeah and listen I've always scouted when I was a coach we're going to watch games we're going to watch players you know we, we took uh, Rudy Gestead for 200 grand and sold him for 8 million quid we took uh, Kearney for 300 grand and sold him for a million so we've always done it at Blackburn and yeah, um, yeah. always done it at Blackpool or whatever so we're always scouting you know what I mean yeah. um, so going here it was just there's no difference. Basically, you're trying to find good players. Whether they listen to you, that's the other, that's the idea. Yeah. It's whether these guys listen to you. And most of the time, they don't. And that's the problem with football. Everyone thinks they know everything. Yeah. So so you've realised, 
is it one of them once a, 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 another coaching job comes up you're gonna you're gonna do that yeah 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 I was always gonna go and obviously me and Rob have been friends for years haven't we we've always spoke about it and then obviously the opportunity to go to Australia it was different I've, I've never been to Australia couldn't get any further away um, but we thought why not why not and it's, but you know the team we took over the year before they finished bottom the year before they shipped in loads of goals yeah so it was like a big job this, you know, because we're putting our necks on the line here. We're going different parts of the world, different culture. We're talking about the players then. We're going into a different culture now. Yeah, yeah. Don't really know the Aussie players, but we've got to try and work out who's available. Yeah. And we've got to try and make, de- and we've got to make decisions on them. Um, and, and to be fair, we had a remit in our heads. We, we, we said well, we're going to bring in four, uh, we could play four foreign lads. UK lads and we, we went with lads who were really good honest lads because we thought year before they finished bottom we need to get the training ground right we need to get good people in if we just get people in especially foreign lads who we bring over who were tossing it off because they want to go on the beach and sunbathe which is something you've got to be aware of Yeah, it's only going to kill us so we had loads of dynamics to think of so we, we actually the recruitment was spot on with the foreign lads they found it tough with the weather early on and also moving home, you know, they've never moved home before, but in the end, they've become the best players. Now, they're all, they've all stayed the year after, and they're all the best players now. So we had a big job to do, and then we had to bring in, I think we brought in 16 players, you know, and, and when we left the season, I think there was four games to go with the, with the pandemic gone, yeah. and we were two points off second with four games to go, and we were un, unbeaten this year. So no one wanted the players. We were, we were a good team. We were a strong team to beat. And then obviously the pandemic comes, so we come home. So when it comes to like your four foreign players, yeah, are, are you taking them from that league or are you getting them? No, you, so we're bringing them over. Yeah, yeah, we brought them over. So was it? So was it players who, who might have been out of contract or? Yeah, they were all out of contract, but they were all players um, who we knew were good, good fellas. Like yeah. first and foremost, apart from that, they were all right footballers. They were good lads. So yeah, we yeah. knew, you know, if we're getting stuck and we want people in the trenches with us, we've got to have lads. We don't want players who are going to say, I've got a sore, my hamstring's tight and, you know, I'm a bit sore or not feeling. We can't have, we, we couldn't afford to have that type of player. And what we always said, we said the second year, we've got the base now, we'll we'll just improve on it the second year. Because we were really confident that we'll do all right. And I think if we'd have went, if we'd have finished the season, I think we'd have ended up winning the cup. To be honest with you, I think we'd have been hard to, because we were hard to beat anyway. We were beating everyone, so we were tough to beat. And the the whole idea was the next season just bring in a bit more quality in the top third. Yeah, and I think we'd have been a decent team. How did the young Aussies take to it then? The, the difference in training and all that. Brilliant. What they liked about it that there was a little bit of order because the year before we come, they said there was no order. Players were just doing not training hard enough, going home when they want to go home. Basically, what you'd expect from an Australian mentality, if you're, if you're trying to uh, pigeonhole it, yeah, yeah. that's what that's what was going on. So the foreigners they brought in the year before was just just not really having a go. Yeah, you know, turning up on a Saturday, playing to seventy percent of the percent, not not running back. You know, just just doing all the bits that they can get away with, and and they could they could get away with it. The mentality and the environment we created. The Aussie lads were made up with it because we brought in a lot of them as well, you see. Yeah. You know, make them fitter. Make them enjoy football. Make them enjoy going into training. 
I see so many footballers now who look like they don't enjoy football. I watch I watch games now and I go, they don't even look like they're enjoying it. It's like once you stopped enjoying football, you can't get you can't you can't get nowhere. Where are you going to? Yeah, people who do it just yeah yeah just just for the job. Yeah, I mean I watch you. I mean you see it this year. Every time you watch City play, when you watch United play as well, they look like they're enjoying football. Liverpool last year, even now we watch Liverpool, they're enjoying it. You, you yeah. watch teams playing with a bit of a smile on their face. They all run faster, run back faster, make tackles. And yeah. It's it's a big element, but I see so many now who just look like they don't enjoy it. So from the outside looking in, would you say the perception of of Grancy and Fowler is to do well in Australia, get back to England as soon as they can? Is that is that what outsiders are looking at thinking I don't know get back to whatever as soon as you can we've never really had um, a, a full plan of we want to get back to, to the UK obviously all our all our football's been in the UK um, and we both know you know he, he's, he's a football icon when he's coaching if you're a young player or even it doesn't matter if you're a senior player and he's coaching you you're listening yeah. more so as you said before, but the young kids with me, when I went into as a youth player, he commands respect straight away. Whether he keeps the respect is down to him as a person. Yeah, and as a coach. Right? Yeah, as a coach. Yeah. But straight away he gets it, which is which is a great great asset to have. You know, you go into some buildings, some managers get the job and you go, he's got to earn his respect. These guys, like Rob, they've got it. Now, because he's my management and he's really good, he keeps it. So coming back to the UK, we know when we do come back, if we come back, that we'll be we'll do really well. But there's no we haven't got a set plan on when we're coming back. And we do like we love football. So if it happens to be in another country, then it's another country we'll go. Yeah. Do you know it's what I mean? not just a case it's not just a case of we'll you'll take any job. It's gotta be the right job. It's gotta be the right job, yeah. You know, what we found is going to these other places. It does. It does broaden your horizon on how you treat people, how you see the game, different types of game. You come up against different formations. The foreign player, no matter where they come from, we we've come up against a lot of South Americans, a lot of uh, Spanish you had never heard of, a lot of um, players from all different parts of Europe you wouldn't see over here. Yeah. No. No. A championship below level, you just wouldn't see these players. But there's some. Well, Brentford, Brentford are a good advocate of bringing in these types of players. They bring a lot of these types of players through. But we've we've come where we've been. We've come across a lot of these types of players, and it's just broaden your horizon of how teams play, and totally different than watching League One and League Two football over here. Totally different, and it's it's something they could all probably get better at. Everyone could probably play better brand of football, or or do things better. And we believe places we've been just gives you that more strings to your bow than yeah. that just being here. Yeah, definitely. So obviously you're saying then that the uh, pandemic but paid to your your charge in, in yeah. the Australian League. So how does it come about the Indian uh, the Indian League? How does well, that come basically, about? basically is um, the pandemic was on and football. You couldn't go to no football. You couldn't go into a training ground to watch training. So I went. So while we were home, we were home in the March. April, the May, June. There was no football on, if you remember. It was just dead. Yeah. So everyone's doing nothing. You know, everyone's just doing Zoom things and Zoom calls and, you know, 
not on so much substance. Desperate to get in to watch football. I was wanted, wanted to go in and watch training. Just but because of the COVID, no one's allowing anyone in anyway. I mean, it's hard getting in games. I mean, just started now, obviously, but it's hard getting in games. But um, a new club are just being formed or were getting formed. They actually weren't formed. When I say a new club, it's an old club, but they were going to go with new owners and they were going to jump in this league. And the opportunity come around, and me and Rob spoke, and we, we weren't sure about it. The opportunity arose, and it was, we had to stay here. You can't go in nowhere. Or we go to another country, and let's just see what it's like. Yeah. Doing nothing. There's no, there's no jobs. There's no. You can't go in and games. You can't do nothing. So, rather than waste time sitting in the house, we took it on ourselves to go there. Yeah. And again, it was another brave decision by us, because we're just jumping into the unknown. It is jumping into the unknown because we don't know we don't know that level. The team we've joined, they've got a two week two weeks we had before the first game of the season to get this team ready to play. You know, when it was an eye opener. So a bit of bollocks. Uh, it's an eye opener, yeah. But you know, in the end, it's over with. This season's been over with. Um, the world's had. Much more than just football to deal with, hasn't it? Yeah, in the last course, yeah. 18 months, whatever it's been, you know. So, for us personally, it was just another country, see what's out there, see what it's like, see what this culture's like. And again, we've learnt loads from it rather than sitting in our house waiting. It was definitely the best thing to do. And I still say the job we've done was to date is our best job. I think it was our best job because unless you were sitting in our shoes and seeing the dynamics that we had to come up against, you would never, you would, you wouldn't believe half the things if I told you. <laughs> I'll just wait, I'll wait for my book to come out and to put it in the book. So, so now, sort of now that you you're back over here, you you still you still under contract with with yeah, that we're still under contract, and we're not sure what's going to go on. Obviously, COVID's got really bad over there, hasn't it? Yeah. So they're in a bad place at the moment. Probably wouldn't. You're not allowed back even if you. You wouldn't be to. allowed back. No. Um, so we don't know. We don't. I don't. I don't know whether the legal carry on next year or what because of this COVID. Uh, I'm not sure how bad it, it. Whether it's died down now, but it has got to a really bad state over there. So for the next couple of weeks, you won't know anything anyway. Yeah. Are there some of the players still in touch with you? Uh, asking. Do you know what? Asking you to get back over. Do you know what? You know. So when it's all about culture, yeah, here's one for you. We had a young boy there, right? There's a young boy playing for us. Never met him in my life. He can't speak any English, right? He speaks a certain he speaks a certain dialect of Indian, which most of the Indian players don't understand, right? I reckon he was ten stone, this kid. And he was eighteen. But he's a lovely footballer. He checks his shoulders before it comes, yeah. He he can use both feet. Lovely football. Got no he's got no strength. No strength. So you're getting to know this kid. This kid lives in a shanty shack, in a shack. He's got no internet. His diet, he lives on. He lives on rice, dal, which is like a curry. And if for the treat, they get eggs. Yeah. And this kid's trying to play in the Premier League of the Indian football, right? So we lived in a hub. And in the hub, we lived in a hotel while we were there. And this kid... Is eating with us every day, good food, 
and he just started coming on. You could see he was just coming on. And we give that kid his debut. He's the youngest ever ISL debut debut kid. Yeah. And you know, really, really, he's miles off it, really. But he's such a good little footballer. He deserved he deserved a chance, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's just a story of reality of what of what some of these kids have got over there. Yeah, what Do you know what up, I mean? What up against, it's, yeah. Some of them are up. So this kid's just missed the boat of being in a, in a decent academy where other Indian kids are getting looked after, like they are in Europe a little bit. This kid's missed all that, but he's just as good as all them. He just hasn't had that opportunity to be with them. Yeah. So he's missed out on loads, you know, and that's just like... Was he filling out when it was? He, he wasn't so much filling out, he was just getting stronger, yeah, just getting yeah. stronger and, you know, happy to be there. So he's not living in that, you know, it's sad. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. Not worried um, about feeding himself. And yeah, that, it's know. sad, but that's just part and parcel of the environment you jumped into. And it's like, you know, we could have been sitting in our house. We would never have known this. And I'm actually made up, I do know this. Yeah, this yeah. is what goes on. Yeah, life lessons. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So, you know, there's, a, there's massive pluses from going over there. Um, and it's a nation that if they invest properly, in 20 years, they might start producing something yeah. for the national team. You know what I mean? But it's not going to happen in the short term. It's yeah. not. Yeah. So you can't really um, can't really talk about the future while you're, while you're under contract and we don't want to... You, you never yeah. know where this yeah. gets listened Listen, to. Listen, we're, we're, we're football men, aren't we? So, you know, we love going to games. We Since we've been home, I think, you know, not, not many people have been into games. Me and him have been into plenty of games to watch them you know we've got ideas on things eventually something another another path will will turn a certain way and decisions will have to be made and at the moment it's just quiet at the moment yeah so watch this space and we'll see mm. we'll see right then me to if i try and touch on me uh, little feature go on then so what i do is i say to to try and build a, a perfect amateur footballer um, obviously you spent most of your life in the pro game so mm. if you want you can you can drop in pros here and there or what go one for one right. or do what Phil Thompson's done last week and just go <laughs> just go all pros no, but, I'll tell you what I'll do then right so because <clears throat> you told me about this what you're going to do you know I, so I never played amateur football but I, d- I did play Sunday league football up until under 16s yeah yeah so what I thought I'd do is Write down some of the things you're going to ask me about players who I played with up until that age, and then I'll write down the same players, same same attributes yeah, for the pro. Yeah, for the pro. Yeah, boss, love that. So we'll have a little go with that. So we, I always start off with left peg, means. Well, it's the same for both on this one. Now you said left peg because I actually played with him as a kid as well. So it's Robin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go into it, but we but we will. Yeah. So was he hitting these like you know? No apparent back lift. The way you know what he's got, right? So clean. He's outstanding with his right foot. Yeah, unbelievable. So, do you know, do he's you know, the best right footed left footer. I've do ever you know, seen. Um, we were at Brisbane and training. We just finished. We just finished training. Bear in mind, it's red hot in Brisbane. It's forty degrees in Brisbane, right? So, if training's finished. Lads have all warmed down. You go to most training grounds. They're always doing a bit of finishing at the end. You go to nearly any training now. You know, we yeah. see it's the it's, it's just the one that's not as painful at the yeah, end. Yeah, so they're just doing a bit. Of, so a few of the lads are staying out training. And this is only a couple of years ago. So Rob's staying out with them. So I'm sitting down now, having a glass of water, watching. 
So he's got about, I think he's got three players. The goalies are in. The goalies in net. And he's got three other strikers with him. Next minute, the ball comes to Rob. Right foot, top corner. Edge of the box. Left foot, top corner. Edder, goal, three. And I, I'm watching the players all look at him in amazement. Right? These are players who are playing in our team. He's the manager. <laughs> right? And they're looking at him in amazement. Next minute, they all try it. None of them score a goal. Right? Next minute, he does something different. Top corner, again, left foot, top corner, right foot. And it's unbelievable. Honestly, God. So even I'm looking at him going, that is unbelievable. Because, you know, I played in a derby once. My very first derby I played in, it was um, it lashed down. It was Goodison Park. It was 1-1. Last down, right? And um, every shot he had hit the target. And I always remember, because obviously I grew up with him, but now it's first team level now. Every shot he had, it hit the target. But we were lucky that we had Nevin goal. Yeah. Who, who could... Uh, that one? Big Duncan. Fucking hell, you've had a phone call yeah. of Big Duncan, Robbie Farley. I know. <laughs> uh, so, now um, every shot he hits is hitting the goal. And it that always stuck with me, that. Even though I knew how good he was, that night always stuck with me thinking, I've played against millions of strikers in the Premier League. None of them are as, none of them are as lethal as that. And when accurate, I say lethal, accurate. accurate. And when I say lethal, he doesn't need to see where the goal is. Yeah, it doesn't look. He's just putting it. And, you know, some of us talk to the, to the strikers is brilliant. And he's always, think, he's always talking about taking things early. And if you see Rob, some of his goals, he takes them so early. Yeah. But it's such a hard trait to do. Yeah, Definitely. People are worrying about the first touch. Yeah, he's, he's worrying a, about what he, when he's going to shoot. Uh, he's unbelievable. So he, he's in for left foot. He could be in for right foot. And Edda, actually, <laughs> he's that good with a lot of them. Well, I always say, and I always say about left footers, usually the right foot is definitely just for standing on. No, but, it's not. But Bob's it's not. was like, it's not. He's he's the best right footed left footer. He's outstanding, honest to God. I've seen. And then, you know, if you play pool with him. He's brilliant at pool as well. He's horrible. So right foot then you can't have you can't have Bob. Well, it, there's a player I played at Burnley with, and if this kid was at was with at Everton with me, he'd have been a superstar. And I call Robbie Robbie Blake. Oh, visually, visually you could see why he probably hasn't gone to any big clubs because you know he looks a little bit little bit heavy. The kid ends up going to the Premier League and was outstanding in the Premier League for Burnley. Yeah. Outstanding. Um, couldn't speak hardly enough of him, really, because he's actually two footed as well. He could take corners with his left foot and his right foot. Yeah, one of them show off. He's another one. He's another <laughs> one, honestly, God. But the ability he has is second to none. It's top, top level. He was top level ability. Yeah. So I always put him in somewhere. Um, I could have put him in for skill because he can dance past people, but I put him in for his right foot because I've seen him put in. Uh, three kicks, thirty-five yards out top corner a few times. What about touch then? So growing up, I played with a striker. Um, he played for Dillacell. He played with me in the schoolboys. I always liked a striker who you could find his feet or find his chest and can play off him. He can play it back to me, then I can spin Robbie in or someone then or big Dealy in. You know what I mean? Yeah. As Eddie McCullough. Yeah. So Eddie Max touch, he was like uh, an Alan Smith, not as tall as Alan's, uh, Alan Smith played for the yeah, Arsenal, yeah, like not sharp, as tall Graham as him, a Graham Sharp type of striker, yeah. you know, the ball goes up to, technically nice on the eye, 
yeah, yeah. Nice on the looked eye. Looked after it. Looked after the ball, yeah. So, Eddie Mack for me. What about in the pro game then? So, in the pro game, who I played... See, I, I only done who I played with, not yeah, who yeah, I played against. Because if, yeah. if I done who I played against, we'd be here all day. You, you know, you're talking Roy Keane or Scolzi or Gerard or John Barnes. You did all day. Yeah. So, just who I played with. Loads had great touches. So, loads have had a great touch. Um, but I put Nick Barnby because he was two-footed again. Yeah, clever, clever football. Just money. looked after the ball, had a bit of care with his pass. Um, so I put Barnes in because he could he could bring the ball down with both feet. What, what was that day like when he when he when you heard he was going on the Reds? Could you believe it was happening first and foremost? <laughs> it's, you know, he's not from in the end. Them players who play for both sides for me, you know, if they're not they're not from the city, are they? Yeah, so it doesn't affect them it's, as not, much. it's just not the same, is it? He was good mates with Bob Wayne through England's the youth, yeah, youth team. Lad. He, got, he got loads of sticks, didn't he, for playing for both sides. But Nick's, Nick's a nice fella, and you know, in fact, he's a great, he's a really good fella. Yeah, uh, he's got a young lad who went on to Man U, and had, he's had some sort. I think he's in America now, actually. But loves football, worked his socks off in training, worked his socks off on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, he didn't stop running, but. When you actually watch Nick play, his left foot and his right foot was brilliant. Yeah. A bit of care with it. So play, I mean, what about skill then? Okay. So, it's a strange one, but who I played, so obviously I played with um, Andre and all that, but Anders Limpar, if you train with Anders Limpar, he could just dance past people. Yeah, he was born for it. Brilliant. Just dance past you. And it, it, it's funny because I'm just thinking now, I'm actually going to say it again, totally two-footed again. So if any dads are listening to this who've got young kids, go and get your coaches to make these kids two-footed because these first four or five players I've mentioned, they're all two-footed. Yeah. You know, and it's it's another thing to these kids' bowls. So go and get your coaches to make sure they're working with your lads, both feet, not just one foot. Yeah. Because Anders, again, could take a corner with his left foot and put it on your foot and take it with his right foot and put it on, on your foot for a volley. Outstanding footballer. Could drop his shoulder, and then he had a burst of pace, didn't he? So he was away from you. So, yeah. oh, he was a good, good player, wasn't he? What yeah. about in, in like the amateur game then for skill? So growing up, Franny Turney, Franny was a good footballer, yes, yeah, elegant footballer, but could go past you, glide past you. He wasn't one like uh, like a little messy type. He was one who just glides past you. Yeah, you know. So I I put Franny down for skill. What about heading ability? So, funny enough, he just phoned now, any big dunk. So, not getting many best he, of the year, he, he's, he was scary, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I coached a guy called Rudy Gestead, who I've always said was outstanding technique, outstanding technique. Yeah. Paul Ride, out, outstanding technique. Duncan's was scary because he could jump so high, Duncan, and he'd take the lot. You know, he, he could take the lot. So, Duncan for me for the head, and then, there was a lad who I played with, I'm going to say, a lad called Paul Brown, around his centre-half, yeah. but he was a monster. When we were all 15, 16, <laughs> he was a monster. You ain't getting past, and you ain't getting past his head. <laughs> who was the quickest? Andre. Easy. He was absolutely light, yeah, wasn't he? Easy. Quickest. And then, um, you know, Andre's, and, Andre was quick with his thought, though, as well, you see. So it wasn't just he was fast. Andre sort of the give and go he's boss at that one. He? Yeah, but also it's timing, it's timing of his run. You know, you know, you can be super fast, but always offside. Yeah, yeah. 
no, Andre Andre was fast at the right time and he's gone then. So once you break that line, you're gone, they can't stop you. Do you think in the modern game now with the three forwards, the wide forwards, how, how, I know obviously he was effective as, mm. as anything then, but how would you fancy him now as a wide, one of them wide forwards in, in the three? I don't, I think all that wide forward, you know, you go and watch, for instance, I went to watch Everton the other day, you, you know, I lost so much the other day, but because he went 4 4 2, but when I've seen Everton go with wide forwards, most of the time, the ends up in the back, the ends up in the midfield five half the time, you wouldn't even know the forwards. Yeah, yeah. So someone like Andre, it doesn't matter about the formation name, just get him on the pitch, put him in that area, and one just, one, just, yeah. just watch him. Just let all him. you got to do, you get your head up. And he's in because, as I was saying to you, his speed of thought. He's not. He's not always a straight line runner. Sometimes he runs inside people. So as soon as you get half turn, he's made the perfect run because he makes the perfect run because he's clever. I still can't believe, man. You sold him. I know. Obviously, Beckham was coming through, but brave, it, brave decision, wasn't it? it? Was a brave decision. It was, yeah. Well, wow, what a play. And then he obviously went on to Fiorentina and sold yeah. it up there as well, didn't he? Yeah, it's just a shame we couldn't hold him on. Oh. Hold on to him. What about strength? Strength. Now, I don't think I've done strength. I think I might have done toughest. Come on, that'll do. So the toughest. So when I'm so, I'm only talking about players I played with. So when I say toughest, it's got to be someone I've played against. So I used training. And I always remember when I was younger, trying to match Billy. So Billy, probably, listen, I'm mate to Billy. I haven't seen him for years, but I'm Billy's mate. So... He wouldn't know, but I was training one day and he was the best player. Billy Kenny was the best yeah, player. Yeah. But I put it on myself. So every time he gets it, I've got to try and nick the ball off him. I've got to tackle him. So I always found him the toughest, but so I put myself against him as much as I could because yeah. that was the only way I was going to get myself better is by fighting with him in, in training. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when Billy's going deep to get the ball, I'm on him. I'm, that was my own fight. To try and because training, if it if, it, if I'd never done that, Billy would have just destroyed everyone in training. Or if he wouldn't have done it against me, I'd have destroyed everyone in training. So the only way I could sort of get something out of training myself was to go and put myself up against him. And lots of times I failed, but that was my fight. That was my toughest fight. For, for the the youngsters listening now, we might not have seen him and might yeah. have looked at the the footage of him. What what was he like? What who could you sort of compare him to in the modern day game? Is there anyone of that ilk? He was all he was. He was he was very elegant on the eye, Billy, and he had a little croif in him. Yeah, he had a swagger, didn't he? he had a little swagger, and you know, he could go past you. He could go past. He could hold you off. He could hold you off. He could he could run past you. He could find a killer pass. You know, he could almost dictate the game. He he got hurt with with injuries as well. Yeah. Which is one of the big reasons why Bill just never really done it and just sort of it went to the wayside. But the injuries killed him at the the wrong time, and the education as well weren't great for all of us. Yeah, it wasn't just Bill, but for all of us. But when I say toughest, the toughest for me, if I'm talking about players who have played with, just players who have played with them training, he was the hardest. All the rest of them, he was the hardest to train against. Yeah, yeah. What about? Fittest, who kept himself in the best nick? Well, Dave Watson. Machine. Well, Waggy Waggy would finish training and then would be on the bike most days with a sweat top on. He'd probably beaten out on the ale all Saturday night. <laughs> but Waggy was always in good nick. I played with a guy called Richard Goff. And another in, machine. Oh, what a player he was. He, what what a player he was. And 
you'd probably say Goffey really because he was getting on in his, in his day, but he looked after himself impeccably. Is Richie Goff? Yeah, he's an outstanding footballer. Yeah, he impressed me he, when he comes out. Uh, he's, from, uh, he, in my 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 time at Everton, best centre half I played with. Yeah, I mean I love Dave Watson, but but Goffey was the best player. Yeah, Gosh. What about keepers? Well, there's only really one in there. Big, Big Nev, in it. Big Nev, unbelievable. I mean, it's it, uh, is any Evertonian ever going to say anything different? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> not always. Like, but we'll have to, you know what? Let's stop having that, that question because forever, for the next hundred years, it'll be Nev, won't it? Yeah. What What about in the amateur game, like schoolboys? Well, I remember. Who, yeah, who I mean, I say you know, we had our school goal. He was a lad called Steve Dempsey was in goal for our school. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he was all right, Steve. You know, um, and then then Fisher, John, um, is John, yeah, Fisher, Fisher was my goalie for Bulford. Joey Oi, Joey Oi was my goalie. Yeah, from Bayas. Um, you know, these 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 lads. The I can't be honest with you, the Liverpool boys ones, them them lads, Tempsey and Fisher for me, better goalies. Who was the funniest, the maddest? Who did who'd have the who who were the characters in the the changes? Ah, Dunk was a character. Was a character. Yeah, he'd have, he'd have you. He'd have you bouncing like. Yeah. He'd have you bouncing. He's probably. Um, yeah. No. You know. You know. We never really had in all my time at Everton. We never really had. We were. We were quite a. Um, I was the youngest. In in for them five six seven years, I was the youngest really. I know. I know. Branchy coming a little bit later. Yeah, and Franny when he was a bit young. Franny. Franny was a live wire to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, we we were quite an experienced mob, yeah, so there wasn't yeah. really any any impractical. There was no Gazza there then, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now we had Gazza at Burnley, and he's he was crackers like he was lovely, lovely. But yeah. you know, Gazza, I could imagine Gazza in his heyday being, yeah, <laughs> hard way, hard way, yeah, or or funny, whatever yeah, way yeah. you look at it, yeah. What what about in the amateur game with the loons? You know. We'd often be playing on the LBA and someone would drive a car past you wouldn't even do yeah. the goals, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, in, in, in the Bulford team, you know, in the Bulford team, I was, that was my team for years and, and a Diamonds team. You know, I went on to play for a team called Wilco, you know, um, and all the, all the lads from Liverpool boys almost joined. This was our last year before I joined Everton and Robbie joined Liverpool. Yeah. So Robbie played for us. Uh, yeah. Alan Scott, another good player, centre mid, uh, big Duffy at the back, Reeves, you know, we were... We were they were unbelievable. We must have been the best Sunday League team ever because we had all the Liverpool boys team. Oh, it was basically Liverpool boys. Yeah. And our Liverpool boys team was a good team. Um, we had one lunatic, but I, I, I can't remember his name. But he wasn't, he, when I say lunatic, he was a great lad. He's yeah, a great yeah. lad. You know, he's just, just probably a little bit, you know, gone array a little bit. Yeah, wild. Yeah, a bit wild, but you know, there was nothing, nothing, nothing to write home about. No, no proper lunatics. What about leadership? Well, waggy, I'd say Waggy Day Watson was a proper. I have I've said it loads of times in different things. Talk about captains. He always come in impeccably dressed. Dave. When I say impeccably, always look smart. Yeah, he always look smart, Dave. Never ever seen him with a beard. In fact, he's been a youth coach for years. He's just left. Uh, last couple of years, just left there uh, Newcastle. Never seen him with a beard at Newcastle either. So he always looks regimented, looks well. Yeah, yeah he looks well regimented. Yeah. Um, Good talker, listens. Um, in my opinion, should have went on being a manager. Really, he should have. He should have had a good goal with it. But he, I don't think he. I don't think he, whether he whether he backed himself or what. I don't know. But he never. He never really had a goal with it. 
Did, he should, did he go to Tamiya? He did, but it was almost a poison chalice when he went and I'm not sure. He didn't last long enough. Yeah. But but he should have he had managerial material, Waggy. He yeah. should have he should have done it. But anyway, it's too late. But he's a proper leader. What about I know it's similar, but attitude, you know, to, to get the best out of themselves. But I'll say you talk about attitude and getting the best. So is it another good story, really? And, and you know, it's good for the kids as well. So when we signed Joe Parkey, he come from him. I want to say he come from Bournemouth. I could be wrong on that, but that, but, but I'm saying League Two, Bournemouth. And when he first come in, Joe, and I'm sure Joe will tell you himself when he when he first come in, he was miles off, couldn't get near anyone. Right, so you're actually going. He looked like Sunday League when he yeah. first come in. The gap was that big, it was massive. He, he couldn't get near no one. What he done? That's that pre-season he went home, and he sorted himself out. And he shed loads of weight, and he come back a totally different animal. Yeah, he was a good player. I always remember him being a good different player. animal, yeah. a totally different animal. And it's purely through attitude and application. And he come back this player who should have went on and played for England that season. He was that good. He was that good. He should have went and played for England that year. And that was purely through attitude, nothing else. Attitude, application. Yeah, yeah. perfect example, mate. Who was the? It was the dirty ones who who couldn't help but want to kick it in training as well. When I say dirty, I never really play with dirty players. Play with hard men. Play with proper hard men. So there's plenty of hard ones. And when they hit you, it's not like getting hit in a Sunday league. They don't hit you. When these fellas hit you, these are like train machines, these. <laughs> Trained athletes. They are the trainer. So, so I play with a guy called Kevin Ball. Right, play for Sun- Sunderland Stalwart. I've seen him at a couple of tackles, and they were fair tackles. But he's caught the lads when the lads weren't expecting it, and it's yeah, a loose body. Oh, well, I also got it myself once. I was playing for Everton against Newcastle, and he had a centre mid called Rob Lee. Have you seen Rob Lee's body? He's well, he's a man, proper man. Yeah, stocky and that. He was a good player. Good player, well. but he hit me with a tackle, and I'm, I thought he broke my leg, and it was a fair tackle, but. Sh- you know, these lads, when they hit you, bear in mind, these lads are training every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll see some tackles Solid on... You'll see some tackles on the Dockers back in the day uh, that are... They're not the same... They're nowhere near these levels. These are like car... These are like car crashes, some of these tackles. Yeah. But the hardest, I'd say, I've seen Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball for me. Yeah. I'm sure lots of Sunderland fans, if they're, if they're listening, would probably echo that. Yeah, I'm sure they would. I'm sure yeah. they would. What was the best goal you've seen or been involved in or even scored yourself along the way? Let's see. The best goal. Oh, yeah. Wrote it down. Yeah, the easiest one for me. Best goal to be involved in. Bearing the minds of where I've come from and all that was we're playing Liverpool at Anfield. And there's not long to go. And we're getting beat 1-0. And we played brilliant, by the way, this night. It was probably one of the best ever ever played at Anfield. Played really well, played good football. Gary Speed nicked an equaliser for us yeah. to make it 1-1. That was like, to go in the changing room just after that, it was brilliant. So I've, I've always put that down as the the best feeling they've had. Yeah, yeah. Running down towards the Annie Road and everyone going ballistic, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always gone with that. What about in the amateur game? Did you, did you, I've I've played in a bit of a charity match with you on Brunesk and you scored from the halfway line. Oh, I remember that. I like them, don't you? I remember that. I've only done that for a laugh because 
the goalie, every time every time I got the ball, the goalie was on was almost on the halfway line. So I thought it's rude not to, but he had all four <laughs> shots and he kept missing. <laughs> and I went in the bar after it and he came up to me and went, I was the goalie. And I said to him, I'm sure I chipped you from the uh, Black Bull, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, boss. I remember you come down with uh, Matt Jackson, wasn't it? Jackal, yeah. Matt Jackson yeah. comes down. He caused, a, he caused a bit of trouble, Jackal, that day, didn't he? Yeah, he gave him one to the kick. He did yeah. to go up front, didn't he? he? He's a unit, isn't he? He's a big lad, yeah. yeah. But, um, like, see yourself, Barlow's come down for lo- loads of games yeah. on there and, and helped out. I love all that because it's, yeah. like, it's like, at the end of the day, you were. Footy players and successful lads, yeah, but yeah. but you were lads, of course, you know, yeah. You know what I mean, of course. And that that for, for lads like us, even when we were kids, and every now and again in the summer you come over yeah. to the LBA and have so a kick yeah. about with us. Yeah. To us, that was like yeah, that Did was us, that was us playing with with, you know, the Premier League yeah. player. You know what I mean? And and I think I don't know, footy might have moved on a little bit now, and, and maybe they can't do that. But you know what? I think I think you will find. You, it's different now because, you know, you could go out with your mums and there would be a gang of kids playing footy. Yeah. Lots of these lads who play for the big clubs now, <clears throat> they come out with their mums and there's no one playing footy, so they can't, they haven't got the opportunity to go and do it. But I'm sure lots of them would. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. they would. I'm sure they would. But it, time has just changed, hasn't it? it it's, it's, it's just changed. Everything's sort of like, everything's sort of formal now, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, you, if you're playing on the footy, you're booked on. That you're actually booked on the the the, the turf, aren't you? Yeah, so yeah. everything's booked on. So yeah. every, everything's formal. So there's not an off the cuff. Yeah, we used to if we were walking past your Mars, we'd see it, when you had that you had like a grey mech, didn't you? Yeah. So we'd see if your car was there, it'd be Gantz at his Mars. We'll wait here. Yeah. If he yeah, comes, yeah. if he comes out, I we'll just roll. It. We'll yeah. roll on this tango. See if he does a few keep ups. You know what I mean? Well, all the kids always knock their ass. First, uh, what was? The hardest away fixture where did you dislike going or or didn't get much joy there? Well, you know, the story we played we played Man U away once. They were brilliant. I still think Man U are the best team I've seen. But I know they're all talking about the City team, but I still think that Man U team is this like mid nineties. Yeah, Man U? I still think that's the best team. I mean, they were full of pace and power and loads of men in the team. You know, for me, they're the best team, but. We played Man U away and we got beat and we went in on the Monday and we never done no video work years ago. But I remember um, I remember uh, thinking, you know, uh, Archie Knox. Archie Knox just pulled us all upstairs and we had a little TV and we're in the coach's room and he said, I want, he, he wasn't happy. Was he scary? Yeah? He could be, Archie, yeah. yeah. He went, and he was this proper, Scotch, proper Scotchman and he, you know, he wasn't happy. He went, I want you to watch this. So there was no talk. There was no talk. So um, we're watching it. And then he stopped it after about 35 minutes. And he went, and in a Scotch accent, he says, yeah, you know, what haven't you seen? <laughs> no one's saying nothing. And he's like swearing now. And he's like, ah, I'll tell you what you haven't seen. You haven't seen a tackle. And we're playing Man U away. And none of us made, not one person made a tackle. And it was like, that's what's wrong. Not not one tackle. Why is no one? Why is no one being tackled? Why is no one being kicked? You know, and it's spot on. Yeah, spot on. And, he, and he, you know, as I say, that was the first time I, we done any video work ever in all my time at Everton, and it was to nail us all. And we went outside and we played man v man. It was like just kick kick lumps out of each other. Was it one of them where like 
on the day. You just couldn't get near them. Just all get, they were just, just trying to play. You know, they fun. all had they. You know, you, you watch loads of footy. You got you, you see teams just drop off teams, don't you? So so, so they're dictating the play to you. You know, so their their defenders are now in your half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so all they're trying to do is find little gaps, and you know they're finding little gaps. But because they're clever players, if the gap's too tight, they just bounce it out, and they're always moving the ball, and it, and it moves really quick. When you see some of these other teams try and do that and they move it slow, they're going to get it in the counter. But when this man U teams do, because they're going so fast and they're not risking the pass, yeah, all of a sudden you can't get near them. Yeah. So then you start to come out of, you start to losing your discipline, and then you try and get to a centre half who's in your half, or you try and get to someone which you shouldn't, and that's them bang. Yeah, that's when they make that, the That's move, it. Yeah. They're right, you know. Now they're right at Dave Watson now, and you know it's hard now. You know, so you're hoping Nev keeps you in the game, and obviously, lots of times he has. Um, or your defending's really good, but that team, you know, that was our game as far as a team goes. Yeah. You know, and you get the roar at that Strafford ends, and they're and they're flying. They got Giggsy flying. That's that's yeah. a, obviously that that was a that was the toughest place to go in them in them years. And don't get me wrong, the eight Everton, not quite as much as the eight Liverpool, but he's still eight Everton. No, but they? they were a brilliant team. But the actual atmosphere. The hardest place, or the horriblest place, is Millwall. Yeah, the, it's hard, mate. So yeah. it's true. It's true, mate. Yeah, it's true. It's you know what they are. The the good people, right? Or when I say good people, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know them. But before the game, as a coach, I'm talking to behind behind the behind the dugout before the games kicked off. There's a there's an old man who looks like a granddad. There's a, a young lad and a young girl who are only twenty odd, like boy and friends and girl friends, and there's a couple of dads. Yeah. And we're having a chat I'm having a chat with them and they're all sound, lovely, lovely, normal people, just like that. As soon as the game as <laughs> soon as the whistle went, I got called everything under the sun, but like in my face, like, do you wanna like proper aggressive? And that went on for ninety minutes there. The police had to be around there and that went on the, it, when you played the game there as well. Honest to God, that was that that was probably the most they, they they can get their atmosphere from the crowd, the viciousness onto the pitch there. They've got that. They, they need to use that the some way to yeah. try and get promoted, but they have got something. I don't know if you call it special, but you call it something. And with your sound, what you after the game? As they're, well? all, they're all oh. sound. Oh, no, after the game, we beat them, you say, after the game, do you want to fight you? Oh, do they? Oh, do you want to fight you, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's probably the the hardest place uh, with the, with the fan-wise. Yeah. So, the final question, mate, you got to pick yourself a partner. That's Robbie. Help, it's Robbie, it? It's easy. Robbie and just throw him on first and I'll just sit, I'll sit, sit at the back and give him the ball. <laughs> now it's easy, that one. So, so you're going you're gonna to thread him. You have to do the defender as well, so. I'll have to get fit then, won't I? I'll have to get fit for that after they start doing more running. But uh, no, Robbie. Robbie will be my perfect partner. He's so, like, so Grant and Aaron God up yeah, in, the, uh, bad, in, the, in the knockout page. Yeah. Brilliant. It's only two who could probably give us a game, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, saying that, two, two young, two young fit lads have beat us now. Whippersnappers. Two whippersnappers have beat us now. No, mate, brilliant. And thanks very much for your time. So, as I said, you've always, uh, you've always had time for the lads in yeah. our street and on our right. street and all that meeting, yeah. and and it means a lot to the yeah. local lads like like myself yeah. uh, who. Kept a keen eye on, on the Evertonian up the road. Of course, of course. I mean, 
listen, that's where we're all from, isn't it? You know, it's a it's a great place to live. Well, it was. Yeah. It was a great place to live. You've moved out now, haven't you? Did Did you ever bump into Jerry Bear much on the streets? Well, funny enough, so when I was a kid, when I was um, when I was a kid, and I'd get a trophy. So when I was 10, 11, 12, I'd get a trophy. Jerry Bain's brother lived, or his sister lived next door but one to us. Yeah. And I used to go in when he was down, when his car was there. I used to go down into the house. And I've got photos in our house with me in their house with my trophy with Jerry Bain sitting there. Yeah. So I've had, over, the, over them years, I'd, I'd been in Jerry's company a few times and just... Lovely fella. Yeah, just a, a, just a dead, lovely fella. I just remember him being dead smart and that Crombie used to walk yeah. down the lane and the Crombie Lovely cross. fella and I used to get me focus, it was Jerry Bear. I mean I didn't even know him really, but you know, we're we're all we're all given by when we grow up, it's almost what your seniors tell you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know Jerry Bain, but I know he played in the FA Cup final with a broken arm. The other reason I know that because yeah, my dad told me. Now if he doesn't tell me, I'd never know. And then all of a sudden that you know, when you're a young lad wanting to be a footballer Oh, as, as I was saying about the Everton thing before, this all rings in your ear. You know, he's playing with a broken arm. So when I'm playing, I've got a sore leg. I ain't coming off. He's playing with a broken arm. And yeah. these all things, they sort of eye your DNA a little bit. They sort of like, they get inside you. And, you know, this is what I, I think Liverpool has been like for years. It sort of ingrains a lot of strength in players. Yeah, yeah. So many players have come from Liverpool who've gone on to play football. And I, I think it's through all these types of stories. And you know, folklore it for is. the next generation. Yeah, yeah, for the environment. Yeah, boss mates. Well, Brilliant. Th- thanks very much for your time. You're welcome. Tom. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. No problem.